Hey guys, this is Mike Mahaffey, the old bastard BJJ guy, here for BJJ Mental Models. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to the academy just to learn some crappy technique from a random purple belt. You kids have it so easy, because now you can just subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium and get tons of great audio courses to learn new techniques, enhance your mindset, and entertain yourself. You can even get personalized rolling reviews from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. Hey, welcome to BJJ Mental Models, episode 51. I'm Steve Kwan. I'm brother Matt Kwan. And who are you? I'm brother Rob. Oh, this guy. <laughs> you know, we invited him over as a guest, but we assumed he would leave. Yeah. Like he's, he's <laughs> this is still, a week, be- week yeah. later. Yeah, he's still here. Like, he just will not take a hint. I mean, we stopped feeding him. We stopped giving him water. We, you know, but yet he's still here. I guess he's just going to be a regular fixture now. You could do worse. I could do worse. (laughs) (laughs) So actually today, uh, so Rob is still here with us. And today Rob actually had a topic that he wanted to cover. Rob, um, this is something. For those that don't, that didn't listen to the last episode, maybe we should expand on who Rob is. Oh, I guarantee you they all listen to (laughs) that. And maybe we should expand on it. So this is Rob Bernacki, Matt's instructor, uh, the the head coach of Island Top Team, also the guy who runs the BJJconcepts.net online academy, and also very well known for his incredible instruction work with Stefan Kesting on Grapple Arts. So there's a series of instructionals that Rob has done with Stefan, and also his students as well. Uh, Matt, of course, has his instructional that he's done with Stefan, and I believe Rory, as we mentioned last time, has one coming up very soon. Yeah, like I, I just promoted uh, another black belt, Cal, uh, and like the joke uh, during the speech was like, I'm. It's getting really hard to like continuously promise everyone I give a black belt to that they're going to get an instructional with Stefan. But <laughs> is, so is that one of the perks of membership is, of Island Top Team? Well, <laughs> yeah, you know what? It actually, I thought he was. Or he was is. No, he is going to do it with instru- kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, which I'm so, totally going to get as an instructor that very much interests. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a pretty wild journey, and I think that like a huge testament to the success of our methodology, not just from like a jujitsu perspective, but from an instruction perspective, yeah, yeah. is that. Our black belts are so good at teaching that they get their own instructionals, not mm-hmm. because it's a favor, but because it's just good They're quality good. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. heard a, a great quote. I think it was actually from Hori and Gracie once where he said, like, the difference between me and Brock Lesnar is there's only one Brock Lesnar. But if you give me enough time, I can create 50 more Hori and Gracies. Yeah. And I think that goes to show the the power and the importance of teaching methodologies. And, and that is something that is so criminally overlooked, actually, in almost all walks of life, but yep. in jujitsu as well. Right. We talk, we spent a whole episode talking about this so we don't have to elaborate yeah. too much further but. yeah and that is like well, you know, what's really what i'm offering on bjjconcepts.net is like yeah i can show you jujitsu but more importantly if you're interested in running a club i can show you how to teach jujitsu in a way that will make you a really good instructor and on that note yes what was the topic you wanted to cover today uh, well Rob? i guess we're going to try to get into uh this what i see as a false dichotomy that is often presented to uh, you know aspiring school owners or you know existing school owners people who are faced with this uh kind of dilemma where like i want to do jujitsu i want to teach jujitsu i want my school to be successful i want to make a good living can i do that without delving into what 
you know, I think all three of us here probably view as unscrupulous uh, like business methods mm-hmm. uh you know we're gonna get into what the sort of emblems of this are in the community so i won't put any names out there just yet but i think people are given this uh this false dichotomy where it's like you can succeed you can even make a really good living teaching jiu-jitsu but you're gonna have to do sleazy shady marketing you're gonna have to do a a predatory uh uniform policy you're gonna have to do predatory contracts you're gonna have to do all this sort of stuff that maybe you're not that comfortable doing uh, and then you'll definitely succeed. Mm-hmm. Or you can have integrity about how you teach and about how you market yourself and how you present yourself, but you're going to be a starving artist. You're never going to make that much money, um, and you're, you're going to have to get with a powerful affiliation if you want to make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. If you're independent, you're not going to make as much and all that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, one of the things I'm really trying to present, both in BJJ Concepts, uh, where we have our pedagogy section, where there's a, a section in there, where I show people how to run an academy. Um, And so what I'm trying to present to people is this idea that there's a third way, and there are probably more than three ways, but there certainly isn't just sell out and make bank or keep your integrity and be poor or like, you know, not make very much money. You can try to like really treat people well, both people in the sense of like your, your clients, your students, and also your staff, the people that work for you and all that sort of stuff. And you can incentivize people by treating them well uh, and still be quite successful. Mm-hmm. So th- mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of what we're going to talk good. about. Yeah. So yeah. basically the, the core question here is to, to affiliate or not to affiliate and yeah. all of the trappings. And, and beyond and- that, I don't want it to just be about affiliating and not affiliating. I really do want to talk about like the business practices outside of that, because honestly, affiliation has very little to do with the success of your business. Mm-hmm. I, I And that's another, like, I think that's a, a bit of a scam. Like, mm-hmm. I think affiliations are largely a pyramid scheme. And I say, like, my gym is affiliated, and we can get into, like, the uh, particulars of that later. But there are reasons to affiliate, and there are reasons not to affiliate. I would argue that business success, when it comes to most affiliations, is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you're not affiliated with Kyoterra because you're trying to necessarily enhance your business. It's because you went down, trained with Kyle, developed a friendship. He's an amazing instructor. He's an amazing person. He's a really good competitor. It's not like, like you, it is great to say, yes, we're affiliated with Kyle Terra, but you're not a successful gym owner or online academy instructor because of that. No, not at all. And, uh, what I would say is that like the reason, and and if anybody's ever interested, it's a good, it's good to just kind of have it out there. The reason that I'm affiliated with Kyle one is because I go there to learn. So, I mean, and the thing is, I would be going there to learn whether I was affiliated with him or not. So it's, yeah. it's not really that I go there to learn. The reason I'm affiliated with Kayo is because I want my students to have access to the sort of resources that I cannot provide. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a gym on Vancouver Island in Nanaimo where just for demographic reasons, for geographic reasons, if you want to be a world champion, if you want to win ADCC, if you want to win uh, Worlds, just training at our academy is not enough. It's if not you guys were it. any further north, you would be grappling with polar bears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not exactly like you're in a hot spot of jujitsu. Like you guys, the only reason it's a hot spot is because you guys are there. Yeah, right? exactly. People literally move there just to train jujitsu with us, which is yeah. awesome. It's a huge compliment. Yeah. Uh, so if, uh, you know, if, if one of my students wants that experience, I have to send them somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to send them somewhere, I want it to be someone that I've got an established relationship with where they're going to get access to the pro training. They're going to be able to train with, you know, multiple time world champions, 
basically like your odds of winning a high level competition are very, very directly correlated with the quality of your training partners and, you know, rolling with hobbyists in Nanaimo, no matter how good those guys might be, is not going to get the job done. You got to go somewhere. So we're affiliated with Kayo for really for that reason. I, Mm -hmm. and honestly, it's one of those things that may never happen. I odds are no one in Nanaimo is ever going to come to me like, Rob, I want you to turn me into a world champion. (laughs) Right. But if they do, and it's not even just a yeah. world champion like at the black belt level. Like maybe somebody just wants to do a higher level tournament. Yeah. Maybe somebody wants to like you know like I've taken people that I've taken Matt there, right? I've taken Matt to Kyos. I've taken my students to do camps there for mm-hmm. to get ready for pants to get ready for rolls. If you want to you know prepare for a major tournament, you need to surround yourself with some really good training partners, and that's an option. You know, when I go down there as an affiliate, I get a certain amount of uh, perks, frankly that honestly make it a net financial gain for mm-hmm. me right for most people affiliation <laughs> is a financial loss yeah what i pay to be affiliated with Kayo, it is more than made up for by the fact that i now no longer have to pay and this is just a thing that i do i'm not saying that everyone should or or, or would but when my students go like when we went and did let's say a pans camp at Kayo's that has a certain dollar value attached to it i paid for that and then I paid for us, I rented us a house mm-hmm. and then et cetera, et cetera. So like what those trips cost me to send my students to a camp like that, the fact that they can just go there now or the fact that I can go there and I can stay, you know, I've got a place to stay and all that, that actually more than pays for my affiliation. And I do get business advice. Like I'm certainly like, just because I'm giving some business advice on, you know, this, this, this podcast, uh, I don't want to come off like I'm the ultimate authority or anything like that. What I do is I listen to people who are highly successful mm-hmm. uh, and I take business lessons from them. And so in that sense, the affiliation that I have with the the Kayo Terra Association isn't just about Kayo and what he offers me in terms of jujitsu and in what uh, offers my students in terms of opportunities and high level training partners. It's mm-hmm. Nick who manages CTA, who's a highly successful school owner who owns mm-hmm. multiple schools, and he and I happen to be very much in alignment on. You know, there's that. There's alignment again. Alignment again. We're we're very much in alignment on the idea of. You know, presenting our business with a certain amount of integrity. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm affiliated with them. It's got actually sweet fuck all to do with the notion that anyone in the Naimo of all places is going to walk up to my gym and go, oh, well, I wasn't going to train here, but yeah. he's affiliated with Kyotera. Exactly. Yeah. So and I I'm know gonna, who that is. And I know it's like, <laughs> and like, like Kyotera is super famous to us, yeah. but to the average Joe, you know, totally the, meaningless. This and is, so like, I really discourage people from thinking that affiliation is going to help you in that regard at yeah. all. Yeah, this is something I actually want to prob- bring up a little bit, which is that we we live in this jujitsu bubble where yeah. these names mean something to us. And I think because we're so deep in the forest, we forget what jujitsu looks like to people outside in the rest of the world, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think you have to join like Gracie Baja because you think that red shield is going to make a difference, like I can tell you as someone who started jujitsu with no real interest in it, Like I remember walking into a Gracie Baja and I was expected to like have almost like this reverence, like, oh, we're a Gracie Baja school. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what a Gracie was. Like I'm supposed to care about what this means. Like with it, sure. Once you've, you've kind of absorbed yourself into the culture, then these things matter. But if your goal is to attract hobbyists and people who are training for the first time, and frankly, that should be your goal because those are the people who are likely going to float your gym. Totally. Then you need to also understand that not everyone knows what the hell we're talking about. So, um, I think, I think that affiliation is, um, it's 
something that I know a lot of new gym owners are somewhat enthusiastic about. I think yep. due to lack of confidence, they feel yes. like they're scared, right? Yep. Starting a new business is scary and it's a security blanket, but totally. this isn't like opening up a Wendy's where people are going to see that brand name and be like, well, I know Wendy's. So, you know, this is a situation where people outside of the jujitsu community don't actually know what that brand is most likely. So you've got to make sure if you're going to affiliate, you've got to make sure you're getting something out of it other than just the brand name. And I've seen a lot of people make that mistake. I, I agree. And, and I mean, to a certain degree, honestly, as especially as jujitsu progresses as a business uh, and as an endeavor in that regard, you're going to see the fact that people affiliate like to me almost and it's already happened in that some affiliations to me are a stamp of disapproval. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if you tell me you're from Atos, yeah, you're probably pretty damn good. But if you tell me you're from, if you're like part of the Pedro Sauer affiliation, Pedro Sauer has some good black belts. I'm yeah. just saying that my experience and the experience of people that I know mm-hmm. in the community is like, whoa, at this point, it's so easy to get a black it's belt. Meaningless. It's meaningless. It's yeah. totally meaningless. Right. And, and that'll, my, happen, that'll happen to other uh, affiliations as they prioritize getting more people in and getting more business. And uh, like, yeah, it, it's, it's becoming a thing where it's like, let me align with something yeah. that yeah. makes it easier for me to market what I'm doing. It, I can't market myself. Exactly. So I'm going to market this thing over here. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you, given enough time, people are going to clue into that fact. And mm-hmm. it's going to start like it's already happened in the jujitsu community where Gracie Baja has become a joke. Mm-hmm. There are like if you go in certain areas of the jujitsu community, it's almost like and, and, and the, the, the interesting thing about that is there are some very good Gracie yeah. Baja schools. Um, but the bad, the, but the bad the presence ones, of the bad the has of the no bad relation one. to the quality of the gym. Exactly. The These exactly. gyms would be just as good or bad without that Enough badge. people know <clears throat> that you're that, that it's such a product. And they're so heavily reliant on certain uh, like business practices that a lot of people disagree with that, you know, like Keen and Cornelius is making all kinds of wonderful noise in the community about like offering an alternative. And some of the things that he's proposing are in like full agreement with. Mm-hmm. And the people that are arguing with him are offering such bad arguments against yeah. what he's talking about, which is just like, hey, let the market decide be honest about what you're which is all like mm-hmm. stuff that I like to talk about. It's like, I don't really care what you offer, but be honest about it. And I think there's a lot of dishonesty in how affiliation is presented and how potential success in jujitsu is presented to people where like, like I said, you kind of have to sell out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting you bring this up because we've, we've never hit this topic dead on, but we've talked about it at, we've talked about similar issues on the podcast. And one of the things that Matt and I have spoken about is, um, so how jujitsu, and it's actually more of a martial arts thing in general, but unfortunately it creeps into jujitsu as well. Mm-hmm. There is this weird thing about like loyalty and secrecy and Mm -hmm. it's very easy to get kind of sucked into a jujitsu cult without realizing it like people think that well honestly i think it's it's surprisingly easy to get sucked into any kind of cult without realizing otherwise people wouldn't right like yeah why would anybody end up in scientology if it wasn't kind of easy to like yeah yeah well in in the case of jujitsu though like people don't go into this thinking they're going to wind up in the situation where they're not allowed to train with other gyms or their instructor demands unquestionable loyalty right like Matt and I have have talked pretty negatively about these kinds of experiences in the past. And I I mean, my firm belief is that any gym that 
asks for your allegiance or asks for your loyalty yeah. or basically taxes you for being there. Like you're being exploited ultimately oh, for sure. at the end of the day. For sure. Um, a, a gym, like the thing is uh, going to a jujitsu gym should not be like going to some mystical master who imparts you with knowledge and who you owe something to. You're already paying what you owe to train there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you went to a gold's gym and they started demanding loyalty for you and asking you for a percentage, you know, asking you to wear only gold's gym merchandise, yeah. you'd walk out of there, right? Absolutely. But, but for some reason in the martial arts community, people can get funneled into this and it gets very hard to get out of it once you're kind of in the quote-unquote family i think i think a lot of these gyms also will play on the fact that like a lot of the average joes out there want to be a part of a team or mm-hmm. feel feel comfortable being a part of like something so they they it's a global get, network right? they kind of yeah. get like when when they're told like you have to wear a gi they kind of figure oh well that's good like i'm part of a team yeah. and then a lot of the people who have you know they see jujitsu on a wider spectrum or maybe they've had past experience or 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 practice for a long time they kind of see that as as a kind of like we're talking about like a sleazy sort yeah. of business strategy yeah. well, other people get roped into that without even thinking about well, it well I, I think ultimately what it comes down to is human beings are like human beings have an operating system right like this is just basic psychology is basic MS DOS. yeah we have an operating system <laughs> and you can learn about that operating system and you can use that to exploit like you can, mm. you can hack it, you know, like you can use uh, methods of persuasion, you can use methods of control, or you can learn about those things. And I certainly have with an eye towards one, preventing those things from being used on you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like learn about marketing, learn about propaganda, learn about wizardry, cults, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you can recognize it. But as a business owner, as a person who like I recognize and like I, as an individual, am very uncomfortable with the with the use of power and with being in a position of leadership. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's kind of my duty. Like, unfortunately, I am de facto the leader of a community. I don't want to be. I just want to go home and watch jiu-jitsu videos and show up and teach and not have anything to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, tell people how to do anything. I just want to show up. That's all I care about. But, unfortunately, if I want to have a jiu-jitsu school, a jiu-jitsu school is a community. And so as a leader of a community, what I've tried to do is apply anything that I've learned about, you know, whether it's marketing or whether it's manipulation of human behavior to inoculating people against it. Mm -hmm. I want people to recognize what a cult of personality is so that one doesn't get built up around me. I want people to recognize what valid arguments are for behaviors and and, and arguments against behaviors are so that I can't trick you into doing something. I want people to think for themselves. I want people, I want to, you know, I I kind of like the term empowerment is sort of misused nowadays, but I do really want to empower people both from a jujitsu perspective of like, hey, I want you to be good at jujitsu. I want you to be able to think about jujitsu in an advanced way, but also just as a human being, I don't want you to be susceptible to being controlled by stupid bullshit Mm -hmm. Uh, and identifying that kind of stuff where I see it in the community is something that I try to do. Well, this is also an important distinction too, because I mean, you're coming at this from the perspective of someone who is basically trying to create an ethical business. A Mm -hmm. lot of people out there listening probably are more from the student perspective. So if you're wondering how this affects you, if you've ever been in a gym that is employing unethical business practices, you'll know how this affects you. Exactly. Now, Matt, Matt and I did a whole episode on kind of the dark side of jujitsu in the past. Yeah. 
And most of the time, when there is bad stuff happening at the gym, it is usually the result of bad leadership, right? It is usually a cult of personality, deceptive business practices, um, trying to shut down communication, employing secrecy, having a hierarchy. Even worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like like really bad stuff. When you hear about these incredibly terrible things that happen at gyms and you're like, how on earth could human beings ever do something so shitty at a gym? A lot of the time, it probably didn't start out with that intent, but the problem is bad power structures lead to bad culture and that's that's ultimately yeah. i think what you're well and i mean here. you know the, how's the saying go like power corrupts absolute power, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. so i think uh, unfortunately and you know there's nothing we're going to do or say in, in a podcast that's going to change this unfortunately the martial arts community confers a certain amount of power yep. on martial arts instructors that they shouldn't have. No, yeah, right. Like if if you and and and, and honestly, society confers power on people who shouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. Most people who seek power shouldn't have power. Yeah, like that, that's, that's a really good. It's, heuristic, it's a weird. Right? It's a weird paradox. Like, yeah, right? it, like it is. People it, who seek power probably probably should shouldn't not have it. should not wield it. Yep. Uh, and I think that it's our duty as citizens to combat and limit the amount of power that anyone has over yeah. our lives right we want to reduce the amount of power the government has over our lives we want to reduce the amount of power that corporations have over our lives mm-hmm. and so to me as a like as a guy who learned martial arts or began learning martial arts solely for the purpose of not letting somebody be able to exert physical power or dominance mm-hmm. over me that's a, like a theme in my life yeah. so i want to kind of uphold that within the martial arts community which is there's no reason that somebody should have any more than like there, there are two different kinds of authority, right? Like there's authority that's vested. So like, you know, a, a police officer has authority over you. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and then there's authority. Then there's perceived authority, that's per- right? Yeah. And then there's authority where it's like you're knowledgeable. And so like a doctor is an authority on medicine, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if a doctor tells you that you shouldn't do something, there's probably a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. If a police officer tells you that you shouldn't do something, there may not be a good reason for it. Or the reason may be, or I'll shoot you. Yeah. Right? yeah Which yeah. is a very good reason, <laughs> granted, but it's not a reason that should exist necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like a lot of the laws we have, like there's a, a distinction in law between, uh, these are Latin terms, malum prohibitum and malum in se, which is something that's illegal because it's morally wrong and something that's illegal because, because it we is. say it's yeah, illegal. Yeah, yeah. Right. So when a police officer is telling you not to do something, there may not be a real reason there. It's just mm-hmm. because I say so. Yeah. And to for make pe- my life easier. To make my yeah. life, exactly. So I, I really want people to recognize that and understand that. When is somebody exerting undue influence? Mm-hmm. Why are we investing this person with it? So like I always tell my students, I'm an authority on you know strangling people in their pajamas or like wearing tight clothing like that that's where my authority like i'm i've invested my time in educating myself on this and i want to share this knowledge with you also, I'm, if you want to stick your toe in someone's asshole and use it I'm, for leverage, the, Rob I'm, is the guy I'm to the talk to. Preeminent authority, the, the world's foremost yeah. expert on taint-based lever manipulation. Yeah. So if if, if you're going to look to me as an authority yeah. in that regard, that's great. Uh, you know, over the last let's say a little more than half decade, I've developed a certain amount of knowledge on how to run a business, mm-hmm. and so I'm presenting myself somewhat as an authority there but i'm also going to be really honest like what i do know and what i don't know uh and and that's what i'm trying to kind of get at with this is like it's really important to be able to as a consumer as a student walking into a gym recognize when somebody actually is presenting themselves honestly as 
far as like what they are and what they can and can't demand yeah, from you yeah. and what they're not. Yeah. And also it's important understanding what authority bias is, right? Like yeah. as a human being, you are inherently predisposed to following orders from someone who you who see. seems a, like they're yeah, an authority. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, what, what could be more authoritative than a martial arts instructor? Like at, at the most physical primal level, this is a person who is supposed to be able to kick your ass, right? Yep. So, so the problem is a lot of people give undue authority to martial arts instructors. And that can be very, very intoxicating if you're the instructor. Well, and that's what, so that goes back to the whole like power corrupting is because yeah. we've vested these people with a certain amount of authority that they just should not have. Mm -hmm. It is really difficult to avoid being seduced by that. Yeah. And so like, I'm not trying to say that some of these people are necessarily bad or started out bad, yeah. but uh, you, it's very easy to become bad. They were Anakin time. Skywalker, right? They yeah. were gradually seduced to the dark side. Yeah. Although, you, I mean, did you see those movies? It wasn't gradual. It was like... It was 40 instant. years. No, no, it, it, it didn't take anything. Those movies are so bad. It's like Anakin's like... First of all, he's a whiny little bitch. So you could argue that he was bad to begin with. He was yeah. always a spoiled little cunt who just wanted everything <laughs> right away. And then Buddy came along and was like, yo, I can teach you how to keep people from dying. He's like, okay, I'll kill everybody. I'll kill the children. What do you want me to you do? You were killing younglings. Yeah. Like, killing younglings. It, is, it was not a gradual. It was like he snapped his fingers and now he's full evil. Those movies are bad. Yeah, anyway. I'm not, I'm not really a Star Trek fan. Hey, <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. so um, back, back to... Evil business practices. Yes, yes. So maybe a good thing to talk about, actually. I mean, what are, and this is something I always like to educate people on, like the red flags. There are things where you can walk in, you can be like, okay, I immediately know there's a problem here. From your perspective, what are some of those things where it's like, this is immediately a red flag that your business may not be ethical? I got to piss. Go for it, man. Sorry. Okay. Uh, we'll Matt, just... so just so you know, um, almost every episode, yeah. Matt has to take a piss and I never edit it out. That's so fine. We're, we're just going to we'll leave just, this We'll in. keep going. Yeah, Let's yeah. just keep barreling through this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, red flags are interesting because single things don't necessarily have to be red flags. Like yeah. I would personally say that a mandatory uniform policy to me is a red flag. Well, let me ask you a question because that's one of those things that on its surface, people might not realize why it is bad. So why, yeah. why is it that a mandatory uniform policy is bad? Because well, I've heard Okay, so here's the thing. In and of itself, it's not bad. In and of itself, it's fine. So long as people know that there are mm -hmm. places where that's not the case. Yeah. My objection is where it's starting to become where almost like it used to just be Gracie Baja. Now mm -hmm. Alliance is doing it too. I know that Atos is bringing like the, the major affiliations are trying to uh, like, you know, just get it to the point where it's just the standard. Like, yeah. This is just yeah. how you do it. This is mm -hmm. how you run a gym. Uh, and if to me, the issue with it is not that you do it. It's that you lie about why you do it. Yeah. Or you don't if disclose you don't that's disclo a requirement before you sign well, it's people not even, up. It's not even so much that because I think pretty much everyone kind of does that. But Matt, how did the bathroom break go? Was it good? Uh, still talking about Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's not bad to have a uniform policy. Mm -hmm. It's bad that you're lying about why you have a uniform policy because it's got yeah. nothing to do with... You mean it's not because you want to create team loyalty no, and foster a culture it, of family? No. It's because it's money. It's because it's added revenue. And that's fine. You know, like when, when people ask about uh, like our cancellation policy, which our cancellation policy, at our, I won't get into what it is, but I'm honest, I'm like, we need to stabilize our income. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, and and that's why that's why you do contracts. That's why yep. any business does contracts. It's like it's income stabilization. If, uh, if if you want our club to stay in business, part of that is having an even revenue stream. And like our cancellation policy is super reasonable and generous. Mm-hmm. You won't have a, like we're not going to hound anybody because they have to cancel a membership. It's not how we do things at all. But like if you go to some gyms, it's like oh you sign up for twelve months. If you have to, oh you got cancer, you had to cancel early. Too bad. You owe us the remaining eight months and a collection agency is going to hound you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's a shitty business practice. Yeah. Um, the uniform thing, if you're just like, hey, man, this is how we do things. Other places don't do it this way. We do this because we want to make money. I'd have, I'd have basically no problem with it. But here's the interesting thing. I, as a business owner, don't require people to buy my uniforms. Do you know what the rate of like uniform purchases at my place? It's like 95%. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants a gi... They'll get one. What's easier than like, just grabbing easier? the one that's literally there? You don't there. have to make it mandatory. Yeah. You don't have to have all the bad feelings that come along with it. You can give people a patch. Mm-hmm. You know, mandatory? Wear one of our patches. Yeah. Like that would be... And and hey, by the way, this helps us with... Like if you want to make it about uniform... Like there are so many different ways around it. It's the fact that they're lying about yeah. it. Yeah, about it what sense. the true purpose of it yeah. is that to me is a red flag. It's sleazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a good example that I can give is actually Matt. I mean, we've talked in the past about your gym and you've always said that like, hey, look, the reason I want people at my school to wear, you know, on guard merchandise, I would appreciate it because... It helps us get the word out. It helps us promote this small fledgling gym that we have. Yeah. And that's I clear. never said this, by the way. He did. He did say <laughs> I, never, I never said that. I don't make my guys wear my yeah. stuff. No, no, no. I, I know you don't make them wear it, but I'm saying that like if, if someone asks like you, that it, it helps. That's how it helps, yeah. right? I have it there. It's an optional yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not mandatory, but yeah. you appreciate it, of course, if people do wear of it course. because it helps get the word out. Yeah. That's a lot better as an answer than, well, you know, we're promoting a family culture and we're trying to yeah. foster a team, a team culture. And then this, yeah. this other nonsense argument, well, when, when you play for a team, don't they all wear the same uniforms? Like, it's like, yeah. yeah, but you also pay them. Yeah, those, right. are, those are professional <laughs> teams. Also, it's not just that they're professional teams. is They're playing a team sport. Where being so you able can tell who's on your team. When was the last time you competed and didn't know that the guy trying to armbar you was on the other team? Like, It's the dumbest argument ever. But man, do people yeah. ever fall for dumb arguments yeah. and repeat them? And like, yeah. I mean, this, this is unfortunately yeah. something too that you see in the business world, right? Where every company likes to talk about how we're one big family here. We have a very family culture. We're all friends but man that goes out the window as soon as revenue's down right yeah you know? fire your ass so <laughs> it, i i always have much more respect for companies when they acknowledge that it's like hey yeah we like you we yeah. like working here we want to have fun here but at the end of the day this is a business relationship let's all focus on what's actually true yeah um and i again you see the same thing a lot in the jiu-jitsu community where well, yeah so like if you want to talk like uniform policy is a red flag um marketing to me is a red flag and when I say marketing, I mean, how honest are you about what you're offering, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so mar- marketing itself, the presence of marketing is obviously not a red flag. No, 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 no. Market, how you market is yeah. a red flag. Well, I mean, <laughs> see, this is where like th- there are some gray areas. You can be the, you know, and again, people use all kinds of different marketing terms. Because uh, it, it makes you seem like you're the best yeah, or when it you has, know the most. When people who outside the jujitsu community know 
sweet fuck all about how rank works after black belt. Yeah. It's just time. Mm-hmm. So you, you could, you know, you could be old as fuck and shitty at jujitsu and have yeah. a bunch of degrees. It's, and like, well, it's, it's like the old saying goes, right? Do you have twenty years of experience, or yeah. do you have one year of experience twenty times? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Be, having a lot of this is something I learned very early in my career. Do not respect someone just because they have experience. It's it's all about what they learned from that experience. If you have been making the same mistake for thirty years, that is not something to be bragging. Exactly. About. Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things that like, you know, my experience is that there are a bunch of guys who really suck at jujitsu, but they want to teach anyway. So they open Mm -hmm. a school because they come from an area where there is no jujitsu. And then some legit jujitsu comes along or already existed. And the only way that you're going to survive, because frankly, you shouldn't be teaching to begin with because you're super underqualified, Mm -hmm. is to lie about the qualified people and to lie about yourself and what you actually offer. And that's obviously super dishonest. And so that was kind of my exposure to like bad marketing, mm-hmm. which is people who, and again, like you can argue whether or not they should be offering, like hey, no one's stopping you. Jiu-Jitsu is not regulated by the government. It's not like being a dentist where you can't open up a dental practice unless you actually get properly educated. Uh, or like, you know, a trade where like, hey, if you're not a certain level of plumber, you can't get in there and fix people's sink. Any idiot can open a jujitsu school. But at this point, it's now up to the market to decide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, you know, this is where the market occasionally fails is if the market doesn't, if, if, if you don't get good information. And the average person walking into a school tends to think that, oh, well, this guy has a school. Well, he must be good because yeah. if you weren't yeah. good, you wouldn't be able to have a school. Yeah. That's wrong. Any yeah. idiot who can get a lease and some mats can open a yeah. school. Yeah. And the way that they present themselves, the way that they market themselves is incredibly disingenuous it's designed to steer people from even checking out other clubs and that sort of thing absolutely yeah. happens so that to me is another red flag yeah when, to me that's a see, massive red flag yeah when you see disingenuous dishonest marketing <laughs> uh, a, a very good example of that is someone listed on the website as the head instructor who shows up there once a year to teach a seminar yeah 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 right if, if you say that your head instructor is so and so that better be the guy teaching the majority of the classes. Yeah, I, I know gyms that have broken their affiliation for that reason. It's like, you know, they would they would have an affiliation with some mothership somewhere else yeah. tied to some flame, famous black belt and they eventually had to break the affiliation because they just weren't getting anything from home base, right? Yeah. Um, that's... That is a, that is a very good example, yeah. and another thing that's that, a colossal red flag, yeah. much more than a uniform policy. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that you mentioned too, which I think to me is one of the biggest red flags of all, is discouraging people from training elsewhere or talking to people from other clubs. To me, that's that is the, the red flag. Yeah. yeah, that is the biggest red flag. If you go anywhere yeah. and they tell you, or even not even just tell you that you can't, but just discourage. Like again, the the experience that I had is people telling their students, not necessarily overtly that they can't train somewhere else. But hey, if you go there, you're going to get embarrassed. Hey, if you go there, you're going to get injured. Yeah. Hey, those guys are going to do this. Hey, those guys are going to do that. Uh, so it's just this kind of subtle manipulation where like, oh, yeah, no, no. We're never telling anyone not to come train at your club. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's interesting because everyone from every legit club comes and visits me. Everyone from every legit club mm-hmm. comes and visits me. We have a very open policy. Like yeah. We have a visiting student program where you can stay with me and train for free for a week. We get people flying here from fucking Australia yeah. and like Europe and Asia and Brazil. Yeah. 
If you if you like and, this Rob and guy and you want to live on his couch for a week, man, he will hook you couch. up. You'll get your own room. You've got a bed. Oh, you've, you've upgraded. Got, you got a room? <laughs> oh, dude, I've got you. You don't even know. I've got two extra bedrooms in my house. We've got like three or four extra beds. We've had five or six people staying with me at, at one time, all for it's free, not, which is yeah, a, it's, it's, an offer that you won't get anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. So like, if there's, I've ev- slept in Rob's bed. Let me tell you, it is, <laughs> it is worth every penny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's uh, you want to learn about manipulating someone's alignment? Like, yeah. Rob will give you an in depth <laughs> there's a uh, like if there is ever a club on the planet that people would visit it's our club and yet people from within like 10 to 50 kilometers have not visited from a few different clubs and it's not because they've been definitely prohibited from it that way the instructor can always say oh i don't do that i don't prohibit anyone from training anywhere but they just say enough things yeah. whereas i'm like hey go there go to every gym not yeah. only that i send my student I'm like yo I'll pay for the drop-in fee. Yeah. Go anywhere. I want you to see the difference. Yeah. I, I yeah. believe that. I do the same thing with my guys too. Yeah. I always recommend schools in the area, especially yeah, when they're brand new and they're yeah. like yeah. talking to me about contracts. I'm like, so you know what's around you. How did you hear about me? Like, what have you heard? Yeah. This is what did they I tell you? This is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did they tell you? Uh, and, and yeah, I encourage people to, to shop around because I think one of the things for people who are brand new to jujitsu, they don't even cons- like, I didn't consider shopping around when I, no. when I joined a gym, I was just, like, I didn't, I was like, I Google okay. and I went to the first result and I signed a contract and that exactly. was exactly I mean, like, yeah. like you do yourself a favor by going to Google and seeing like the highest rating and going there. But even just like geographic, Graphically, the closest gym a lot of people, including myself, would do. And it just so happens that, like, at the time, the gym that I joined first was like, uh, was it had a lot of good guys in it, but then it fell, fell off. And, it, and then there's been some changeover since then. But geographically, you know, you don't really, you'll just go to the closest one. And, yeah. and, and if you go to a gym and your instructor is like, you know what, I want you to go test the gym down the street. Yeah. I, these are the gyms in the area. There's multiple gyms. Go try them out. Go try their free trial. That's probably a pretty good sign that, yeah, yeah. that the instructor stands by their product. Yeah. To oh, me, yeah. to me that like, if you want to talk about green flags, an instructor who encourages you to try out other gyms and to go there, especially even before you've signed on with them, that is an awesome sign. Uh, yeah. Especially an instructor who is humble and acknowledges that they don't know everything yeah. because they don't. I mean, my the the head coach at, at my gym, Sean Albrecht, to give, give him a shout out here, he just got a second degree this week. Um, one of the reasons I respect him so much is because he is just like militant about this. He's always telling people, go train everywhere else. Bring them yeah. here. Let's yeah. just, you know, let's all be friends. Let's all train together. Well, and that's really like, we should all train together, right? Like if you're, if you're a dude who's like a blue belt and you own a gym and you don't have access to black belts and you just train with your students who are all worse than you, yeah. How are you going to get any better? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, there's a black belt in town. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just go train with them? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Like black belts should train together. They should. Re- I mean, there's obviously a reason they don't, which is mm-hmm. they don't want to be exposed for not being good. Mm-hmm. And like, again, huge red flag when the instructor doesn't roll with visitors, mm-hmm. not, not with their students. That's you, that gets a lot of travel. Like when, whenever somebody asks somewhere in some online forum, like, Hey, what's a red flag? You know, the, when the instructor doesn't roll with the students. Yeah, that's a red flag. But the real red flag is when the guy doesn't want to roll with visitors. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, you can be shitty at jujitsu. And if you're shitty at jujitsu and you teach shitty jujitsu, your students are going to be shitty at jujitsu. So you can roll with them all you want. <laughs> you're not going to get exposed, right? At least not for a little while. That's true. Unless you're like really bad. So, mm-hmm. but like, un- with it, unless it's really, really bad, you're not going to get exposed. Mm-hmm. But man, you can get exposed if, you know, oh, this 
purple belt just walked in the door and not like some famous, you know, like super purple belt who wins the world. It's just some regular old purple belt. And he fucks up the instructor. And he fucks up the instructor, <laughs> right? Like th- that's so when you when you when a guy is just <clears throat> never going to roll with any visitors who come through the door. That's a pretty solid red flag. And, you know, as, as someone who's in the other side of the chair, I love rolling with visitors because yeah, you learn too. so much. They do stuff like there are styles that you rarely see. You know, if you bring yeah. in people from outside, you get you get so used to living in your, your own bubble. If you're yeah. always training with your own guys that your style kind of becomes very rigid and you lose track of your blind spots. Whereas if you're always I mean, it's like an immune system, right? If yeah. you're always getting exposed to new ideas, then it keeps you on your toes. Uh, For and, sure. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why when you look at like a lot of traditional martial arts where they're very closed and you're not allowed to leave the door like this is the thing that i fear jujitsu becoming because that's when the martial art gets watered down and after a hundred years of that that's when you get into these situations where people are like killing each other with mind bullets and they're like doing like no type stuff and everyone buys into it this is why uh it's there are affiliations like this already in jujitsu and they're the self-defense ones Mm -hmm. they're the guys that say competition is bullshit don't train with other people and sequester yourself. And so mm-hmm. now there's this like, there's this little wall between self-defense gyms and competition gyms. Mm-hmm. And a lot of self-defense gyms, and I, again, some of them are very good, don't get me wrong, but some of them are absolute trash. And there's a reason for that. And it's that kind of isolation, right? Like yeah. I call it inbred jujitsu. You know, if, if, you, if you are in an isolated area and you yeah. only ever roll with your students and you know your close family, you're going to have inbred jiu-jitsu and it's going to be deformed and it's going to be shitty and yeah. you're like it's going to you're going to need 10 beers if you're going to fuck it. <laughs> and like you do you don't want that kind of jiu-jitsu. But that when you uh, follow that self-defense route of like hey, here's a really easy marketing ploy and that's what self-defense jiu-jitsu is. It's a yeah. marketing ploy. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as self-defense jiu-jitsu and tournament jiu-jitsu. There's jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Right? It's like we talked about. There's alignment, there's base, there's posture, there's structure, there's frames and levers. You're either applying concepts correctly, you're either applying movements correctly, mm-hmm. or you're not. And you're either testing them under pressure mm-hmm. or you're not. And the self-defense gyms that do this like kata self-defense curriculum, yeah. that's yeah. not pressure testing. That's nonsense. You want to you want to learn self-defense? Go out and compete once. Mm-hmm. The amount of adrenaline that you will go through yeah. will simulate combat more than a hundred headlock escapes yeah, yeah. drilled against minimal resistance. You want to learn self-defense? Go do some boxing. Do some MMA. Like that's like you want to learn self-defense? Learn MMA. Yeah, you know, you want to, I agree. We've, you, we've said that before. If on you have the episodes. option, if you if you live in a in a jurisdiction where you're allowed to carry a firearm, go out and get a firearm. Learn how to use it. You'll be able to defend yourself. Learn how to knife fight. You know, give me a hundred pound woman. She could do jujitsu for five years. She could do boxing for 10 years. She could do taekwondo for eternity or aikido mm-hmm. for eternity before she'll ever be able to defend herself against a 200 pound guy. But show her how to do a little bit of knife fighting and she'll carve a dude up within mm-hmm. like, a certain, yeah. so like, you know, if we want to talk about self-defense, marketing BJJ as the ultimate yeah. self-defense. Well, man, this is, this is another one. It's of a marketing red, scheme. This is another red flag, right? Um, the reason why jiu-jitsu kind of burst onto the scene back in the 90s is because yeah. it was put in a pressure cooker environment. It was put up again, and basically it had to prove itself. Yeah. Um, it, that's another red flag for me. Whenever you're training at a school where they discourage situations where they are tested, yeah. that's a bad thing. All I mean, we've talked about this repeatedly. All growth in life comes from resistance, right? It comes yeah. from facing resistance and then overcoming that and exceeding the bounds of your own abilities. If your gym is insular in such 
a way that it is not being constantly tested and you're not experiencing real resistance, you're not actually growing. And nothing is worse than a, a flavor of jujitsu or a martial art where there is no realistic combat or sparring, right? I mean, yeah. the, the thing about jujitsu that makes it so effective is that you can spar with very heavy resistance and you're still going to be relatively safe. That's why yeah. it works. Um, now, granted, it's not That's the only exactly way to defend it. yourself. It's, it's that for the average person, it's the safest way to learn a martial art that has a pressure testing element. Exactly. To it. Like boxing is great for self-defense. Problem is by the time you're able to <laughs> take mm -hmm. a lot of damage. But problem is you're going to be brain dead, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or actually not brain dead, brain damage. You're going to mm -hmm. be, you're going to have CTE. You're going to have this or that. So like there's a level of, uh, like effort to reward. There's, yeah. a, there's that ratio that as the average. The ROI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The return on investment for the average citizen in a safe country man, you're not going to have to defend your, like, yes, if you live in Compton, you know, mm -hmm. yes, if you live in, you know, certain parts of Detroit, yes, if there were, yeah. but sure. even in those cases, I think still maybe having a weapon is, is probably is better, better than doing better. a flying yeah. arm bar. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so like the whole, and, and again, I, and I'm not trying to dissuade people from learning jujitsu for self-defense. You should, it's yeah. great. But if you but, are, you like, it's but the, the real resistance. Exactly. Your ability to perform this stuff in self-defense is directly correlated to how much pressure you've been put under. And yeah. most self-defense schools don't put people under too much yeah. pressure. Well, th this is something, Matt, that you've talked about in the past too, about how like a lot of gym affiliations now, they're closing their doors so that they only compete with other people within those yeah. affiliations. Yeah, like GB does CompNet, which yeah. is a... Uh, inter-organizational tournament just for GB members within a specific region. So it's like yeah. you'll only see people that are under the GB umbrella compete against each other, which is kind of counterintuitive to what a tournament really is. A tournament is supposed to be different style, different approaches, all meeting together uh, in one event so they can test yeah. each other and see who's jiu-jitsu's best. Yeah, right? like, think, yeah. think of UFC 1. UFC 1 would have turned out a lot different if instead of having all of these different martial arts, it was just eight sumo wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, a reason, there's a reason why you want to expose yourself to other ideas. Now Hoist wants to kick our ass. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Hoist Gracie is listening to this podcast... He is more than welcome to come to my gym and kick my ass. He'll I would, do I would it. be thrilled. <laughs> just, well, no, no, he, he'll challenge you to an MMA fight because... And then he'll kick me in the nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, it's, it, I mean, we've kind of gone off on a tangent about like red flags and like self-defense. Yeah. But like, let's be honest. When somebody is leaning that heavily on a marketing scheme, mm -hmm. and which is what, again, self-defense jujitsu is a marketing yeah. scheme. Yeah. Chances are like the, but the more heavily you're leaning on a marketing scheme, the less likely your gym has any real quality. Mm -hmm. So like when yeah. people are really trying to sell you on, it works in the streets and the helio filter and self-defense and, you know, and, and by the helio way, helio filter. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the weird revisionist history around that because people like, has everyone forgotten that helio lost that fight? I'm not taking away from what they've accomplished, but the reality is if you listen to them, tell their family story, you have to understand it is very heavily embellished to make them look good. Like, yeah, no, no, no. The word is it's a lie. Like, <laughs> you know, like, no, cause like we, this, I don't want to live in a post-truth society, okay? This is horseshit. We need to fight back against this kind of crap. It exists in the political spectrum way too much, and it's okay, and it's not being challenged, and we have alternative facts, and we have, like, no, no. It's a lie. When you say things that are not true, that didn't happen, you change them around, and you don't include the things that actually matter, that's a lie, right? And so that's what they're doing. 
Well, like, like what specifically? Because I mean, obviously things did happen. Like he did fight Kimura. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, of course. But like, like the oh, oh, you know, he was a frail guy who couldn't do a push-up. Yeah, and also the, these guys love to paint themselves as like they like they're these like noble scholars who taught this art. Like if you actually like these guys were kind of street thugs. They were thugs, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were street and they thug, came from a rich. Family, they were street yeah, thugs from or street thugs from a rich kid family. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not taking away from what they were able to accomplish, but at the end of the day, they have very much repainted their story to make themselves look as positive as possible. Yes, absolutely. Like, all, all I suggest you have to do, like, look at, like, some of Henzo Gracie's fights and look at him, like, live-tweeting, beating up two guys on the street. Like, these guys are not angels, so just bear that in mind, right? Yeah, and nor would you expect a combatively practical martial art to come from some like saints like yeah, the, yeah. that's ridiculous it's like again like the the, the like shaolin like the shaolin <laughs> monk mythology yeah. and all that kind of nonsense right like even a lot of the mythology around the samurai is just that like yeah. they were pretty vicious killers the oh whole, yeah the whole budo code of ethics comes from like a book from the 1800 like mm -hmm. i'm probably yeah. getting that a little bit wrong but like you, you know if, once you start to look into history this idea the, the ideas that we've been sold yeah. Yeah. about noble Honor. warriors and like noble savages yeah. and all this kind of stuff no man they were just trying to kill you and the problem right? is in martial arts it's that mythology is so appealing and Super it, you're, appealing. Gonna, you're yeah. gonna get fed that if you train yes. you know especially if you train at a gym with like lineage back to the grace at some point you are going to hear this mythology and yeah. as other teams get older it's not just a gracie thing like as other teams get oh, yeah, older, yeah, you're going sure. to be fed mythology and yes a lot of that is probably not even intentional like a lot of this is people want to hear you know people want to tell stories and they want to present themselves in the best positive light well so this is where again i kind of go back to my point of like how do you view yourself as and we probably should start getting into the actual like business aspects of it but like how do you view yourself as an individual when it comes to being a school owner and it comes to being a teacher and how you relate to the people that you're charged with teaching uh and to me like one of the things that i try to approach every interaction with uh, like to the best of my ability and i'm gonna fail sometimes is i try to genuinely make an effort to have my students best interest at heart mm -hmm. so you know like again we went back to like why do i affiliate with kayo if somebody comes to me and is like, hey, Rob, this is what I want to achieve in jiu-jitsu, and it's above and beyond what I can offer them as a coach, I want to be able to, like, hey, here's the easiest way I can make that happen. We've got this connection. If that doesn't work, if for whatever reason it's like, you know what, man, I like my goal is to win this, and I want to do it with, like, wrestling and takedowns and da, da, da. I'm like, man, that's not my forte. Like, you know, if somebody were to come for yeah, whatever reason, you're honest. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. somebody for whatever reason were to be like, Hey man, I want to learn, um, you know, grapple. I want to be an MMA fighter mm -hmm. and I'm a really good striker. And like, I just want to learn some jujitsu and I think I'll be okay. I'm like, man, I'll be honest with you. You're better off learning some like really good takedown defense. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the guy to teach it to you. Like I can show, like I can show good wrestling for jujitsu. I can show takedowns like to the level of like ADCC trials, but nothing beyond that, mm -hmm. right? So like if somebody were to be like, "Hey man, I need to win ADCC and I need to do it with this," I'm like, "No, I'm not your guy," right? Uh, or whatever. Like that's probably a, a hyperbolic example, but there are like other things that it's like, you know what? This is not the best place mm -hmm. for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like, okay, I can honestly say that anyone who wants to do anything with jujitsu other than like feed their own ego by tapping shitty blue belts, if you go to any other club, that's all you're going to get. Don't want to be challenged. You don't want to be yeah. pushed. You don't want to fulfill your potential. And some people don't want that. And this is that's the, true. like, when we talk about honesty, it used to bother me. I'm like, honestly, why is this other gym even still in business? Some people just their, want to burn a few calories. Their head instructor is maybe 
of like would maybe be a four stripe white belt in my yeah. gym. And not just in terms of grappling, in terms of teaching, in terms of showing you how to do jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Anyone who gets a blue belt in my gym would understand jujitsu head and shoulders above what this guy's capable of. Why would anyone go to him? Some people don't want to be pushed. Some people don't want someone telling them, hey man, that's wrong, do it differently and it'll be better. They actually just want to be a big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. They want their athleticism to carry them. They want to brag about tapping higher belts. Well, in that case, that's the gym for you. Man, like if you want your ceiling to be super low and you just want to go get a sweat on and learn some jujitsu and you literally don't care about the quality... Yeah, I mean, it's a small amount of people. And again, if you look at the numbers... But those people do exist. They do exist. Yeah. And that is my blind spot. And that was my blind spot for probably the first four or five years that I had in my gym. I was just like banging my head against the wall. Like, don't you guys understand? Like, this isn't like close. This isn't like, oh, one place has its upsides and this place has its strengths. And this place, it's like, it is not even in the same goddamn yeah. league. And it's the same money, roughly. It's yeah. not like, oh, hey, you can go and get like steak and lobster, mm -hmm. but it's going to cost you a hundred bucks and you can go to yeah. McDonald's and it's five bucks. No, it's like you can go get steak and lobster for five bucks. Why are you going to McDonald's? It, like that was, that's the level of difference, right? And yeah. I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. And then again, I like, I learned more about human behavior and I learned more about why people are motivated to do certain things. And it's it's like, like cardio oh, kickboxing, yeah. right? It like makes, some yeah. people just want to do it within their comfort zone. Exactly. I, I wish everyone would push themselves beyond that. Totally. But, at the end of the, I mean, at the end of the day, some people are honest with themselves and say, well, I would argue that most people who do I, that well, most are, are not honest with no, themselves. In they're, most cases, they're, they're still mind fucking themselves yeah. into saying yeah. why they're, they're, what they're doing is better when it's actually significantly worse. That, that's that a, is true. That's that is a true. pretty common thing. There, there are a lot of people though who just say like, look, this is all I want and that's fine. But yeah, I think a lot of people, it's a cognitive dissonance yeah. thing. It's like, they're just, again, they're afraid to move outside of their comfort zone because totally. that is going to eat their ego. And exactly. for a lot of people, that is a very scary well, thing. And so it kind of goes back to the point which is what I'm trying to do is to, to just be honest about like, hey, this is, like for instance, for the longest time at our gym, we didn't have a kids program. Mm -hmm. uh, probably I think first four or five years, no kids program. Um, and it's just because I don't like teaching kids. I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it. I'm certainly not going to do it just to get money out of people. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was, that was never going to happen at my gym until someone came along and was like, hey, Rob. I, I have an interest in doing this. And so Cal, who's now my black belt at the time, he was a purple belt. He was like, listen, if you want to do a kid's program, we'll do it. And how are we going to set up that kid's program? For the most part, I mean, I'll ask you guys, most guys who teach kids classes at a gym, it's like a blue belt or a purple belt, right? And they're getting like maybe a free membership or maybe not even that. Basically, that's the status quo yeah, that I've status seen. Quo and usually they're just getting overwhelmed by 20 toddlers. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> most yes. of the time, it's somebody who is not getting paid who's basically getting exploited to generate mm -hmm. revenue for the owner. So the right? owner doesn't have to do so it. So the owner doesn't have to do it. Exactly. So I wasn't willing to do it. Uh, and when we did do it, it had to be like, hey, man, it's got to be good. It's got to be island top team jiu-jitsu. We're not going to do romper room. We're not going to have people playing dodgeball and stupid games. Can you teach them? Yeah. I've researched pedagogy. I've researched how like developing minds adopt information. He went through, he's like, I've designed, and it's gotten much better. Like when, you know, we got to plug Cal's instructional at some point when it comes out, it's going to be awesome. But so going to get that. Yeah. He's, he's just done such an incredible job. Like I have to fill in every once in a while for the kids program. Like if Cal's sick or something like that. And like the first like a year or so, whenever I had to do it, I'd be like, oh, it's man. hard. I'd yeah. like white knuckle the steering yeah, wheel, yeah. drive into the gym, be like, oh God, I got to teach the kids class. And it's now, awesome. Nowadays, when I go and teach the kids, it's basically like teaching the adults class. Yeah. The, he's done a fantastic job. Guess what? He respects them as individuals. 
he respects their ability to learn and he doesn't treat them like idiots who can't like actually learn and so he just teaches the same stuff like it's modified and he doesn't swear like i do in class um and, and, he, and he does he does he exploit the taint no not at all <laughs> okay uh it's not rory de- definitely not uh, that might not be a good idea in the kids class. yeah exactly and so he's created this fantastic kids program where like you're getting as a, as a parent if you sign up for it you're getting tremendous value and so now i'm the biggest advocate of our kids program because i can genuinely authentically say to someone who comes here is like listen you are never going to get better instruction for your kids than this. Certainly not in Nanaimo. It's not even close. This yeah. program is amazing. It's not about mm-hmm. me enriching myself because the way we set the program up was profit sharing. So the, the, the more the program grows, the more money he makes. And basically my kids class instructors get half the revenue uh, of the kids program. Mm-hmm. So that's so how he's incentivized. So he's incentivized to do a good job. And I'm actually like, you know, so you mean you're not paying him below minimum wage? Under no, the books like so many other gyms. do. No, exactly. And so this is what I'm talking about when I say being successful doesn't have to involve prey like that to me is a huge predatory practice. To me, that's a bit of a red flag. Again, mm-hmm. I know it's the standard. And certainly if like, like I want to qualify this because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus that's like trying to have their business succeed and needs to do certain things. Yeah, maybe at the beginning, you know, like mm-hmm. if you've, you've owned a gym for a couple of years, you're still, you don't quite have the, um, uh, you know, like the revenue, the student base to justify a salary. So you say to, you know, your, your blue belt or your purple belt, hey man, help me out, teach the kids classes. Once this thing gets going, I'll start yeah. to pay you. Like, I got no problem with that. No, like, you know, that, that's something that I completely am okay with. But when you see a really well-established, successful gym, they got a couple hundred students, they got a big space, all this stuff is going on, and their instructors aren't getting paid, like it's just a volunteer to, that's bullshit. Like yeah, that, is a, yeah. that is a predatory practice. You're, you're basically exploiting someone to subsidize your revenue. One thing I've learned from running businesses and is just you, as a general rule, and I have never encountered an experience in my life that is contrary to this, never ever do any business with cheap people because they will yep. make your life miserable in all ways possible. And also, honestly, cheap people, I mean, you're not going to get rich being cheap. Like cheap people are so focused on saving every penny they have that they're not thinking about how to actually grow the pie for everybody. But so can can I just, sorry to interrupt. It's yes, sometimes it's a matter of being cheap. But what I find in our business is that people with very little experience who maybe wouldn't be inclined to be cheap Mm -hmm. have been told this by somebody who's selling them a marketing program for how to run their gym and how you'll be a a millionaire mastermind, super duper shooter back, you know, like whatever guy who's going to make a bunch of money running his gym with all these sleazy tactics. And that's one of them. Now, if you're you're so cheap that you can't pay your teachers, but you are paying for these programs, you you fucked up somewhere along the line. (laughs) But again, that's like people are like, man, I'm, I don't get it. I'm being really cheap. I'm, I've, I've, I've cut down on my expenses this way. I'm cutting corners this way. My school isn't growing. How do I do it? Okay, maybe I'll affiliate with GB. They're successful. Mm. Hey, maybe I'll get this mastermind program yeah. and I'll be able to grow my revenue. I'll be able to do this. They're looking for the, the easy path. Right. Yeah. Or the but, path taken but, previously. But yeah. it's not just the easy path. It's the only one that they're presented because who yeah. else is telling them, hey man, you can run a gym and be successful and do it with a certain amount of integrity. I've, I never heard it. Like not in, in the jujitsu business. Every bit of advice that I got for like the first few years was about uh, like marketing and how do you like trick people into doing this and how do you like do high pressure sales? Like, hey, when someone mm-hmm. comes in, how do you do this to get them to sign up? And how do you enhance your revenue by doing this? And how do you... 
And it really wasn't until, I mean, for one, I started to have some success doing things a little bit differently. Two, I was able to speak to Nick at CTA and how he does things and how they run their program and be exposed to some different ideas and see people who are successful, who had integrity about how they conducted themselves. And just, you know, in, in my in my personal life, I've known people and been lucky to be exposed to people who are highly successful, not just like, oh, you know, I own a good jujitsu school and I make a couple hundred grand a year, but like multimillionaires built from the ground up who had, who followed certain business principles. And, uh, you know, like I try to take advice from anybody that I think can offer good advice. And so if you look at how business is done, it, a lot of the things that we're doing in the jujitsu business are archaic. They're like, mm-hmm. this is how we did it in the eighties. And there's a new model, right? Like the, the whole, like, don't give any information on your website. That's an archaic model. I know there are people who subscribe to it and there are reasons to do it. There's people that have, when I was opening my gym, they would tell me that don't yeah. put things on your website. Yeah. Don't give mm-hmm. too much information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and again, I'm not saying it's wrong. There are ways to do it, but what they're really telling you usually is that's the way to do it. They're not saying, mm-hmm. Hey, this is one way. There's another way. They're like, no, no, this is the way to do it. Uh, and from what I've seen, again, some of the absolutely most successful schools, everything's on there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like when I, man, I had to like take a deep breath and like cross my fingers and like, all right, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my prices on the website because I've heard so much about how like this is a bad idea. People aren't going to come in. It's going to cost you business. It's going to. Not only did it not make a difference, it, it, it you know improved. Well, don't, Mike, is it, it's going to filter out the people who wouldn't have signed up right. anyway. So what what the predatory models are based around is luring people into yeah. the gym and giving them a hard sell, mm-hmm. giving and, them almost an ultimatum. Yeah, creating like ultimate, creating creating artificial scarcity, and luring people into the gym and giving them a hard sell. And what they rely on are what I call low information consumers mm-hmm. there. And, and it's very labor intensive to do that. So it, you, if, if you're like an independent kind of, uh, school owner, you just like started your school. You're the guy who does everything. You answer the phones, you answer the emails, you clean the mats, all that shit. You will not be able to do that because the, uh, the time that it takes you yeah. to mm-hmm. answer those emails, track those people down. And I know because I've tried it. You know, I've used like click funnels and I've used all this. I've also done it. Yeah. Yeah. All these methods. You get a ton more inquiries, but they're all from huge fucking flakes who are never going to show up to your gym unless you hound them and call them and email them. So then at the end of the day, a lot of them either drop off or you don't want them around because they're not the the right fit. Or you wind up spending all your time trying to get them to pay. Exactly. So you get this like this method that is sold as, no, this is the way to fill your gym. It's not. It's the way, if you, again, if you're looking for low information people. So if you have a low quality gym, that might be the way to do it. Mm-hmm. That might be your only option. Yeah. Like if you don't have competition credentials, uh, like uh, instructionals or uh, status in the jiu-jitsu community, or you're not known for, 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 for something. Yeah. yeah then maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and But again, this is not made apparent. What you get is... Hey, this is how you do it. Like if you're going to succeed, this is the way to do it because so-and-so does it and -and so-and-so does it. And so this is the only way to truly do it. Whereas again, I mean, I've got a pretty successful school uh, and I'm trying to like in in some of the material that I put out on BJJ concepts, I'm trying to put for, and not just on like, just even like in some of my social media and stuff like that, I really want to convey the notion that you can, you can do it differently. You don't have to choose between struggling artist 
and sellout mm-hmm. because good business practice and we have very the same way that because jujitsu is kind of a it's a young uh it's a young commodity right like mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to the point where we've you know it's been we've been doing this for 100 years 200 years where like there's the where best practices are well established i'll have you know the graces have been doing oh, this you, for 100 yeah, years yeah, i have read this repeatedly yeah yeah of course <laughs> uh but like the idea is that we're we're still early in the development of the product yeah and so people are kind of faced again with this like false dichotomy so uh not only are the standards for teaching abysmally low and most Mm. people are pretty bad at it the standards for business acumen and like how you Mm. conduct and run your business are abysmally low like one of the things that i had heard many many times hey you, you got back like thanks for getting back to me so soon thanks for picking up the phone because most gyms, you know, you email them and they don't get back to you. Yeah. Or they don't get back to you for a few days or, or whatever. And like that's considered, I'm like, really? I'm getting praise for like responding to an email the same mm-hmm. day? Your standards are too low. Yeah. <laughs> like that is just a very basic thing that should happen, right? So I, I think that as we grow as a, as a community, I think people need examples of, mm-hmm. you know, here's a guy who's doing pretty well. And he's not making students buy uniforms. He's not trying to trick people or lie to them about marketing. He's not using predatory tactics. He's trying to like raise people up and make everybody successful. Uh, and he's trying to like just deal with everybody as, again, I'm, I'm not going to be perfect. Every once in a while, you know, I'm going to deal with someone in a way that they don't like. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely approach every interaction with every student like, okay, what do you want out of this? Why are you training? How can I make you better? There are some students, and this took me a long while to realize, they don't really care about maximizing their potential. They're just there like we talked about. They just want to get a sweat on. They just want to work out. The best way I can actually serve those people is not by giving them the most like accurate feedback. Mm-hmm. A guy who just wants to come in and feel good <clears throat> about themselves. And I'm like, no, you didn't put your foot there. No, you didn't do that. No, you didn't do that. That just makes him feel bad. And I've had people quit for that yeah. reason. And luckily they were honest enough to tell me. They're like, Rob, man, it just felt like you were picking on me. Like mm-hmm. when you're like, yo, man, live toes. And hey, don't do that. No, you didn't do that. Hey, you're fucking that up. You're just picking on me. I'm like, you realize you pay me to teach you jujitsu, mm-hmm. right? And so if, if I put it that way, then they're like, well, yeah, but. But the reality is they weren't paying me to teach them mm-hmm. jujitsu. They were paying me to provide them and, and they're paying you for a fitness course, a fitness course with an environment, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And so what I try to do is I still promise everybody, like, I'm going to do my best to make you as good at jujitsu as I can. But what I'm now trying to also recognize is, are you here to actually be as good at jujitsu as you possibly can? Or are you here because you know, this is the best place in town, but you also just want to have fun. You mm-hmm. also just want, and like, we are so, so emphatic on like, a welcoming, friendly atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And we just, and like people come in and they, like, I've had people be on the verge of quitting because they feel like they're holding everyone else back. They're like, man, I'm just learning this slower than everybody. I don't feel like I, like I deserve to be here. I'm like, we, you know, we have a saying and we've had it for a while. We all get better together. It's the, you know, we're only as strong as the weakest link in the chain. And I've had students that are just like, yeah, they're on the verge of quitting. And I make a little bit more effort to like reach out to them. Be like, yo, come to class. Like, I know you're intimidated to roll just roll like try this and I like I and they stick around and they end up being some of our like most hardcore not hardcore in the sense of competing but they're like they love jujitsu the most passionate the most yeah. passionate practitioners and they're you know maybe they'll never compete maybe all they'll ever be able to do for time reasons is come three times a week 
but man, do they ever love it. Yeah. And so I'm really trying to meet that standard more like, whereas in the first part of my career, it was all about like, how can I be as good a teacher as possible to someone who's trying to excel? And I'm still doing that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, now it's, I've, I've added this, uh, this element where like, and I'm bad at it in the sense that like, I'm not good at social interaction. I'm not good at reading social cues. I really have to like try hard to notice them, but I'm really trying now both by delegating to my assistant instructors and by having a manager now that I've hired and all that and make the experience for people who aren't going to excel as good as possible, still make them as good as I can, but knowing yeah. what. I'm trying, like, what am I providing you? Why are you really here? And so that's what how I try to approach everything. It's like, how can I best serve your needs? Because that, to me, a good business is service. Like, yeah. if I provide a good service, I will succeed. If I provide, if I try to make you have as good an experience, whatever that looks like, then I'm going to succeed. So it's the same with my staff, with my instructors. You know, if you look at anything that, you know, Rory or Cal or any of the guys will say about how they feel about the process of working an island top team or in Rory's case, working with me on BJJ concepts is it's very much not an employee employer relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a, we are partners in this, you know, like Rory is not my employee, although he is in the sense that I pay him. I'm the guy who gets the money and I give the money to him, but we're partners in that he has a share of BJJ concepts and the more successful the enterprise is, the more successful mm-hmm. he's going to be. So like, I just, I really want to be an example to the community. And and the reason I want to put this stuff out there, I kind of talk, touched on this earlier, is the whole idea of like power corrupting. I'm starting to make some good money. I'm buying nice cars. I'm enjoying my life. Oh, we know. We see right. the Facebook. What, I'm, what, I, what I don't want to have happen is a circumstance where at a certain point I'm like, man, I could compromise my integrity on this one thing that I have mentioned in the past I'm not mm-hmm. going to compromise on. But on the other hand, man, I sure do want another Porsche. So maybe if I compromise that thing. So like by putting this stuff out there, I'm trying to recognize that I'm not above it. I'm not above the power corrupting me. And as long as I keep putting this stuff out there, my feet are going to be held to the fire. Yeah, I'm never going to get away with it. I'm never going to get away with abusing authority because I'm constantly putting the word out there that like, I am not an authority yeah. figure for this. I'm don't no cult of personality. I don't have all the answers. Go train elsewhere. Yeah. Da, 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 da. You know, if you're uh, working at my gym, you got to get paid. If, you know, if I'm doing well, you need to be doing well, like all that kind of stuff. Basically, it sounds like the main thing here is you're in, you're creating a situation where you are always accountable for your actions. There are no free checks for you. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of the time, yeah, instructors can get away with making mistakes or, or taking shortcuts or doing unethical things because they are in a position of power. Um, one of the signs to me of great leadership is being a servant leader and yep. making sure that the people that you represent ultimately are the ones who hold you accountable. And a good leader will create those inverse power structures so that the people that they represent have uh, basically a kill switch, the ability to hold them accountable. Like yep. in theory, that's why democracy is supposed to work, right? Is because we choose our leaders and we can remove our leaders. That's yep. essentially what you're proposing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, the uh, inverting the power structure is really a good way of putting it in the sense that one of the things that I encourage the most, and here's another, like, you know, if you want to talk about red flags, how do your students talk about you when you're not there or when you, even when you are there, uh, if I you, demand, they call me master right, at like all times. Yeah. If you go to a gym, I mean, that t- like 
Again, I, there, there may be exceptions to this, but I'd be goddamn surprised. If you go to a gym and someone's being called master, that's probably a huge red flag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or they the, call themselves master. They call themselves yeah. master. They demand to be called yeah. master. I don't even uh, like being called professor. There's only one either, person who either. does, and he does it because he knows it pisses me yeah. off. But, but it's not even just that. It's not about the, like, the title. It's about how do they speak about you. Yes. And if it's in hushed, deferential tones, that's a colossal red flag. Yeah. If they rip on you, if they make fun of you, that's a good that's a green mm-hmm. flag yeah. if and yeah. like if you go to my like man are people ever gonna because like that's something i highly encourage you got him like i'm a fucking weird dude like yeah if you know. can't make fun of me <laughs> you know like yeah like there are, there are all kinds of things that you yeah. should be like like you need to be taken down a peg yeah. all the time in life um and so yeah like again i'm i'm trying to present this idea and you know, if I could hold myself up, up as an example, if anybody is ever interested in some of like the specifics of what I'm talking about as far as how to run a business, you know, we can get more into detail on that uh, on this podcast. But if, if there's anything that we don't cover, uh, it's in BJJconcepts.net in the pedagogy section on like how to run an academy mm-hmm. or just like straight up, like hit me up on Instagram, Island Top Team, uh, shoot me an email, whatever. I'm happy to answer questions from people, especially like I just want to reach out to anyone in the community who's mm-hmm. early on in their like development potentially going to open a school or you just opened a school and you're hearing all this stuff about how it needs to be run for you to be Mm -hmm. successful. You know, I can show you exactly when and where and how there were like, there were potential branching like these forks in my development as a business owner and where I had to make the decision. Do I go with the quote unquote business decision or do I go with the passion decision? And every time I've gone with the passion decision, it's been it successful. Out, it's, yeah. it's worked out yeah. much better. Every time I'm like, man, I'm never going to make more money than this. And it's okay. I always end up making way more money. Like, yeah. And it, to clarify, it, this dude really wi- is actually serious. He does actually want you to message him. I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, people, no, like, yeah, like I, 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 I answer every email I get. Right. Mm. So it's, there was a guy who messaged me, sent me an email. He's a subscriber to BJJ concepts. And he sent me an email and was like, can you please cancel my subscription? I, uh, I sent you an email a few weeks ago asking a question and you never got back to me and I don't have time to chase like supposed jujitsu geniuses for answers. And he was all like angry and bitter. And like, I did a search through every email account I have for this guy's email i never got it yeah. like anyone like you know we have a, a monthly q a our subscribers mm-hmm. you know we answer questions somebody recently emailed me was like hey rob i ordered uh my um uh, submission formula instructional from stefan and i didn't get the dvds because i forgot to add my um uh my apartment number i just gave the building number and i'm like like, dude, you bought this from Stefan. I don't know. What, yeah. Like, why are you emailing me? But yeah. like, not really, because I was like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah. no problem. I'll just get in touch with Stefan mm-hmm. and I'll let him know and we'll get you taken care of. So, like, yeah. I really try, like, you know, I'm successful because I think I treat people pretty yeah. well and I certainly do my best to treat people well. And part of treating people well is, and then one of the reasons that I'm, you know, despised in certain areas of the community probably is that part of what I believe treating people well entails is not fucking lying to them. Yeah. Not yeah. being like, yeah, hey man, you're great. Uh, dude, you suck. And the reason you suck is because your instructor's a yeah. fucking liar <laughs> and shouldn't be a black belt. And like, because I don't want you to suck. I yeah. don't want you to get fooled. I don't want a guy to lie to you and steal your money. Well, th- this right? comes back and to so the that's whole part of it, right? Yeah. This comes back to resistance, right? Yeah. It, it, Sometimes to get better, you have to be confronted with very unpleasant truths that you don't want to hear. Uh, Now, sometimes that means that 
someone's going to tell you something. And But sometimes it also means that you might just discover this on your own, but it requires a level of self-honesty that a lot of people fa- feel very uncomfortable with, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think you're you're totally right. Like it's very very tempting to try to to penny pinch and basically look at your 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 team your cust- you know your customers as kind of like you know giant wallets that you yeah, can exploit but totally. that, is, that is a very short term scarcity based thinking and if mm-hmm. you look at yeah. anyone who's been truly successful it comes from time trying to grow the pie like trying to grow the wealth it's not about taking as much of the pie for yourself it's creating a bigger pie for everybody that's an abundance mindset yeah right? well okay so uh, maybe this isn't the time or place that but like i don't think that's always necessarily true because there are businesses that succeed through predatory practices yeah. i don't think a lot that, of marketing businesses yes I, and no, i've i've used them it, it yeah, is and possible. not just marketing return. but like big business because there is a lot of corruption yeah. in our society and when you get into the level where you can buy your way into like oh, oh yeah, i yeah. bribed so and so and my my defense contractor got this thing blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. like you know whether you think long term or short term there's definitely a possibility once a business gets big enough mm-hmm. and they can do that kind of stuff uh, it's back it is, to power it, exploiting. It's, right? about, yeah. it's back to power exploiting. And so what I'm trying to do at the, you know, still neophyte stages of jujitsu as a business is try to be a voice for not letting that happen. Yeah. Because if, if everything becomes GB and everything becomes big affiliates and everything becomes, then the fact that, uh, you know, somebody can make money with integrity is not going to be an issue mm-hmm. because they'll just get squashed. Yeah. Right. And so like at a certain point, once businesses that use predatory practices get big enough, then you can't compete with them, even if you're using a better business model that absent those outside influences would be more successful if people had the the actual information. But there's a lot of uh, you know push in the community to use, again, sleazy marketing, mm-hmm. uh, exploitative business practices. And I just want to stand against that and just be an example that it can be done without it. So. Yeah. I, as someone who is obviously Rob's student and uh, Rob has played a big role in like mentoring me, not just in jujitsu, but just like leading by example, how you can turn, uh, a gym to a really successful business. And, uh, you know, in the five years that I've had on guard for, I was able to quit my job, you know, qu- quit my, my past career essentially, and make this my living. And now actually doing pretty decent for myself. I've, I've used a lot of examples that Rob has set. And a lot of it is based around like things like transparency, authenticity, passion, right? Like as he says, uh, not using sleazy tactics or sales tactics, basically just letting the product sell itself, uh, and being honest with and honest and up, uh, upfront with your students and also just being welcoming and, you know, things like mm-hmm. recommending other clubs, recommending cross training, you know, things like that. So, uh, I can, I can say that, you know, when you say that when you follow the passion route, as opposed to the road that's been traveled and the, you know, the, all the usual marketing tactics, you know, you, you make a decision to choose ethics, you choose something that, um, you're com- being completely straightforward and transparent. That's also been a huge success for me as well. So it's been like a, you know, basically just following your outlook on having a business and your outlook on putting the jujitsu first, uh, has been really successful to me. So it, it, I'm just, you know, confirming basically everything we've yeah, talked yeah. about. And in I this think, and, and honestly, I think the reason that that's true for you and will be true for, uh, for some people while it's less true for others is because you put the jujitsu first, even before 
you were a school owner, even before you were a guy who wanted to, like, you didn't come at it from the, like, putting the cart before the horse of like, hey, man, I want to be a jujitsu school owner and I want to be a jujitsu teacher. Let me find a way to make that happen. It was more like, hey, I want to be good at jujitsu and like, oh, now I'm also going to own a school. Mm -hmm. And so the people that are kind of, that that might uh, not succeed as well, and rightly so, are the guys who don't have something really valuable to offer. Mm-hmm. Guys who are in it for the ego gratification of like, and again, I've heard this and it's a bad argument. People are like, well, I just really love jujitsu. You know, I'm in a town with a really <laughs> legit black belt, mm-hmm. but I want to have a jujitsu school. I deserve it. Do I not deserve to make a living? Isn't he, a, doesn't he deserve to make a living? N- no, you don't deserve to make a living doing something just because you fucking want to. Like that is the worst possible yeah. attitude to have. Hey man, I want to be um I want to be a surgeon. I really think I deserve it. Like I'm passionate about surgery. I don't really know anything about it. But like, <laughs> hey man, can I can I cut you open? Like yeah. don't I deserve to make a living? Yeah, I want this. Yeah, like I really want this. Like <laughs> yeah. that those are the guys that are going to have to use the sleazy marketing and the mm-hmm. lies and the da, 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 da. if you yeah. come at it from the honest perspective of like, hey, maybe before I open a jiu-jitsu school, I should have something to offer as a jujitsu instructor yeah. to my students. Mm-hmm. Again, you talk about service. Like if you can't offer something of value like that, don't open a school. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that no blue belt should ever open a school. You know, like we got um, a guy who follows some of our material in Africa. He's in Zambia. Yeah. He's a great dude. And he's like, we've exchanged emails and he invited me to come and, and teach there. And Rory's going to go because I can't do the flight uh, for like medical reasons. But anyway. Um, Matt's back in the bathroom again, yeah, by the way. Very um, important update. But anyway, so he really, like, I, I put up a post on Instagram recently, just kind of like poking fun at the whole like mm-hmm. blue belt situation. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he was like, Hey Rob, like, just so you know, like I'm a blue belt. I, like, I hope you're still okay. Like, but I'm like, Dude, of course. Like he was like, I just want to be really clear and upfront. I don't want there to ever be any like dishonesty. Like I'm a guy who's a blue belt and I'm running a school. I'm like, yeah, yeah. in Zambia, in the middle of fucking nowhere where there's no jujitsu. Yeah. And that's totally okay. If you're bringing jujitsu to people who otherwise couldn't get it and you're a lower rank and you're honest about it and you're really trying to bring uh, like the best that you can and you bring other people in, that's totally cool. When you're coming in and saying, hey, me too, I want to do this. I want to also do this. I want to, oh yeah, there's also like a really totally legit guy that can teach a hundred times better than I can mm-hmm. down the street. But no, 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 I want mine. Yeah. That's disingenuous and that's not something in our society that we should encourage. That's not reaching for your dreams. That's not being passionate. That's being a greedy asshole who steals from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I can speak to the the blue belt instructor thing too. I mean, I have been to places that are literally in the middle of nowhere, like isolated communities of five thousand, and there have been like blue belts who are running like a Gracie garage, and they were really embarrassed about that when they came to visit. But I was like, yeah. dude, don't be embarrassed. Like, no, you, I mean, the market decides or should decide who the best is, and at the moment, you are the best. Yeah, it is better that there is a product here than no product, and you guys will all get better over time. Mm-hmm. But if you are competing and you have an inferior product i mean hopefully at the end of the day the truth will prevail well it has like so again like it was it was frustrating for me in my town because i was like man this product is so vastly superior um that like how does anyone even go anywhere else but it has like you know the 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 amount of people going to the other gym pretty minimal amount of people coming to our gym huge and even in like in victoria where it's like there's a legit gym you know and then then there's the degroot brothers who are legit 
And then there's some other gyms who are like, just, I mean, there's one that's hot garbage, which is Ari's. Let's talk about who Ari Bolden is. Basically, a huge red flag is when someone, if you go to like uh, a school that claims that they teach jujitsu, but then you find out that they're actually Japanese jujitsu black belt. Yeah. It's a completely different thing. You know, it's not going to be the same system. The only thing is that Ari became famous because he basically wore a black belt. While wearing a Brazilian jujitsu gi. While wearing a BJJ gi. And, and was teaching one, BJJ yeah, techniques. And teaching BJJ techniques and basically pretending he's a black belt and he had one of the earliest youtube channels uh that yeah, he was kind of a first mover when yeah. it came bjj instructional thing. so like a lot of people have heard of this guy right and and then we find out that he's actually not a bjj black belt then he tried to backpedal and say oh i never claimed that i was a bjj yeah. black belt when clearly you were pretending that you were yeah uh and really you know and and now he, i had he has a, a i was school. in a doctor's office i was wearing a lab coat and i had a stethoscope you assumed i was a doctor it's <laughs> exactly. your fault right like, well this is authority bias again. Oh, I know, right? I know. And it's very, yeah. very easy to get exploited by that. It's totally. unfortunately kind of human nature to get caught yeah. up in these things. And I mean, I remember like Ari's channel was kind of just first getting created, Matt, when you and I started. And I yeah. remember like oh, yeah. at the time there's like, there nothing on jujitsu on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. I remember Googling it and it's all his stuff and there's these techniques and it's like, who am I at well, white belt level to question right. this stuff, well, right? And that's the problem with the market decides. Exactly. Is sometimes it, is, it takes a long time it takes for the a market a long to time. decide. And if you're good at exploiting the flaws in the market, which the flaw in our market is that it's not like for the market to work it depends on full 100% information. accurate information yeah. right so if you want to talk about market economics and i'm certainly not qualified to but like as as i understand it if anything compromises the quality of information then you got a huge problem exactly so the market in jiu-jitsu in an area where people are not very well informed on jiu-jitsu was massively slanted by a charlatan liar who exploited people's lack of information. And then when he got caught, dissembled about how he went mm -hmm. about it, turned around and paid a dude to get his rank instead of going and training at like the local gym with an actual black belt, went to the middle of nowhere and paid another charlatan for rank. And then I love your use of the word charlatan, by the way. It's a, it's a personal favorite. <laughs> it's uh, a great word. Yeah. And so the, you know, what happened is he, he's tried to like whitewash his, uh, uh, his story by changed his name, changed his name, mm -hmm. got his black belt. Uh, and because of the uh, immense amount of, uh, I guess like notoriety and resources that he had at the beginning, he's able to like offer people exposure yeah. in exchange for not exposing him. Like he, I'll give you some exposure on my channel. Just don't tell the world that I'm total trash mm -hmm. and has basically now, you know, switched over and, and you know, has ridden the wave of self-defense jujitsu where he yeah. now goes out and like teaches law enforcement because he's also a cop, which is great. Uh, and another has, abusive power. Yeah, yeah. And has this like this other program with, where he teaches like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to if you want to laugh, look, Please up. tell me that's on YouTube. It, you can, I've I'm never sure heard can, of this. I'm I've, sure you can find it. Jamie, it, bring that shit. It, up. it, it was it's, <laughs> it's this like total huckster commando fighting system that he sells please to like, tell me they wear camel pants because those dude, are my favorite so he, he sells this to like pathetic incels who don't want to like actually learn how to fight because learning how to fight is hard yeah so he sells this like quick easy program of learning how to fight which by the way when you learn it will bring with this this instant animal magnetism and panty dropping machismo so hold on this guy, this guy is combined a, this guy has combined the secret and the law of attraction and self-defense jujitsu. <laughs> yes that yes. is like the witch's 
brew this is, of, the, of manipulation. But, but like, this is the level of huckster that this guy is. This guy is a yeah. carny, right? Like, that, <laughs> like that's what this guy is, right? And so Some amazing, right? And words. so he. And, but but this is the thing, you know. Yeah. We want to talk about the market. He's gotten away yeah, with it. It's gonna work. He's yeah. absolutely At least for a while. It'll work. But no, not just for a while. He's gotten away with it. Yeah. He's still got a school. He hasn't been run out of town on a rail. Yeah. Like for a little while there, I like wouldn't talk about him because it's like who cares? You don't want to give the guy that the time of day and like yeah. waste your breath on it. And like I like you know like the whole world. Oh, you're just a hater. I, well, I wanted to ask you about this, like because you know you see these guys online that that open up a school and then there'll be like these two legends that are clearly like purple brown belt level. They'll go into the gym with a hidden camera. Yeah, and they'll like expose the guy and then yeah. by the end they're getting kicked out because they're like you're not a fucking black belt you're not a, yeah, you yeah. know you're pretending like it, there's so many ex- examples where this has happened yeah. and I feel like certain people like Ari's one of them who yeah. hasn't really in a world where if you call someone out and you offend them you're kind of yeah. villainized like how do you feel about someone that would try and expose like a fake black belt or 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 something like that well so before I get in, uh, to that because like I guess what I'm trying to do with Ari or like not even with Ari, but like with, with anything like this, it's just that like there are varying degrees of skill, even at black belt. So like, you know, if you're going to dojo storm someone and you're Andre Galvao, man, you could dojo storm some really <laughs> legit guys yeah. and make them look like clowns. Right. So like that's a really difficult thing to like quantify sometimes like obviously below like you know it's, it's, there's a spectrum of skill and once you go below a certain level you probably shouldn't be teaching and he's definitely below that level mm-hmm. but i think the more important thing as far as that goes is to like hey just it's just a friendly reminder it's like um uh, i don't know you guys know who high will teague is flow grappling guy who like i don't know purported to be filming a red belts documentary a few years back and like Oh, that uh, guy that promoted himself to Red Belt at a young no, age? No, 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 no. This guy, oh. this guy, like he, he said he was making a documentary. He took a bunch of money from the community and then didn't make. Oh, money. So I, like, I, I so people, vaguely recall this coming up. People post these like reminders of like, hey, this is your friendly reminder that so and so stole a bunch of money from the jujitsu community mm-hmm. and he's still working and he's still doing this. You know, it's like people will occasionally like. It's why I rip on Lloyd Irvin every so often. It's like, hey, this is your friendly reminder. This guy's a sleaze bag. Hey, this is your friendly reminder. Ari's a liar and he probably shouldn't be teaching. Like, that's really all I'm doing is just like, I'm, I'm not exposing him. He's been exposed. Like, this is not anything I'm saying that I discovered. This is just, this is just common knowledge. And you're the Tina Fey of the jujitsu community. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. but like when Saturday you, Night Live reference. When you talk about, you know, when you talk about fake black belts, fake black belt has come to mean somebody who is lying. Well, and not come to mean, like it just generally means that somebody's lying about having received a black belt. By that rubric, Ari Bolden's not a fake black belt. He got a black belt from a guy who got a black belt from a guy who got a black belt from Hicks and Gracie. That's how closely related you can be to someone super legit and still be a clown shoes fraud. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like actual jujitsu skill. So yeah, like I think, you know, one of the things that I, got some like really good support for and some flack for in the past was talking about the different make making a an obvious and public distinction between merit-based rank and promotion and time-based rank and promotion uh and the idea is just that like if you're going to be teaching jujitsu how you got your rank and what you're actually about as a as a jujitsu instructor what your level is should be a little bit more obvious. And I have no issue with guys who show up you know, twice a week for 10 years and get a black belt. 
and don't open a school and don't pretend that they're on the same level as someone who does. What I have an issue with is a guy who, again, like the guy in my town recently got his black belt. I don't really care, but some of my guys who are like just got their black belts are like, fuck, that dude's wearing the same piece of cloth as I am. Mm-hmm. I worked really fucking hard. I'm legit. I've competed. I've done this. I've done that. I put all this work in. This dude basically never trains, rolls with his students, and then pays a dude and gets a black belt, and he gets to wear the same thing. And it's like, how do we explain to the community that some black belts are like getting a degree from Harvard, mm-hmm. while other black belts are like getting a degree from Tulsa Community College in like basket weaving. Wow, but, shout out to Tulsa right, there, yeah, man, yeah. shots yeah. fired. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's an offhand example, like whatever. Like that that's the level of difference that we're talking mm-hmm. about. But that same dude is going to wear his black belt and he's going to lie to anyone who comes to the door. He's like, I'm a black belt. That guy's a black belt. What's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. It's not the same thing. And to so, the average person who has no have, understanding of jujitsu, they, they just no, Google a few gyms. Exactly. They, exactly. they have on. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, again, there's nothing wrong with a dude who's not a high-level competitor teaching. They have to. There aren't enough high-level competitors to go around. It's totally fine. Be honest about it. Yeah. You know, but what does Ari say? Oh, you know, you, you know I'm not a high-level competitor. I'm all about self-defense. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not. Does he wear camo pants and or a flak jacket? Because well, that's he, how I know he's legit. Oh, By the way, you want to talk about red flags. If your instructor is ever wearing any sort of military gear as part yeah, of their attire, huge, big, huge big red, red flag. flag. So like, I, I still, I think that there's still like, there's a benefit from having a discussion in our community about who is giving out black belts that are merit-based, not just black mm-hmm. belts, belts of like any color that are merit-based and time-based and just mm-hmm. be honest about it. And then that way, you know, if somebody just knows nothing else about jujitsu and they walk into my school and they walk into the other school in my town and they know that our black belts are merit based and the other ones are time based, then mm-hmm. at the very least they can be like, oh, okay, maybe I want that. Maybe I, like, maybe I believe that I don't have it in me to earn a black belt from that dude who's like actually going to hold me to a certain standard. Maybe I just want to show up twice a week and get my black belt in 10 years mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Cool. Like, I'm not shitting on that at all. I'm saying there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, provided it's all on the up and up. Yeah. So, like, if Ari was just like, yo, man, I'm a guy who's not that good, and I don't do this, and I don't know, and you want to come into my gym, and I mean, I'm not saying no, 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 like, not that good, but, like, here's here's what I do. Here's what I offer. But he doesn't. He lies about it all the damn time. Well, can you imagine if back in, like, 08 or whenever he started up his thing, can you imagine if on, you know, he just posted up his videos and went on to Submission 101 and said, hey, I'm Ari from Submission 101. Yeah. Yeah. Here are some things I'm playing with. Yeah. Give me your feedback. I want some ideas. Let's make a lab out of this. Like, I that think, wouldn't be lying. No, 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 but, one no, 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 no but what, I, what I'm saying yeah. is, can you imagine what his reputation would be like now? I mean, even if he weren't the greatest grappler in the world, he would have a place and it would yeah. be a place of a lot more and, respect than where he wound and up And by being. now, he would be a legit black belt because he'd mm. be training with legit people. He would know what it what it actually looks like or feels like to be promoted for something other than handing someone money or notoriety disseminated through your YouTube following. Mm -hmm. He would know that and he wouldn't have to constantly lie to his students, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I mean, that's... So like as far as like going in and outing fake black belts, I don't think fake black belts in the sense of people lying about getting a black belt is a big problem in our community. So yeah, yeah, like if someone wants to do that, like definitely Mm. go in and do that. 
I think it's more important that... Like, I think we, in our community, it would be hard because everyone knows everyone. But I can imagine that if you were somewhere else, it might be a little bit more difficult to fact check this kind of stuff. And I could see how that could become a problem. But I mean, where we live in, in the Vancouver, BC area, I don't think you're likely to see a fake black belt. It's no, too easy no, to but you, back. But like, man, it used to be... I used to say, hey, like the, the whole Vancouver jiu-jitsu community is really legit. It's on the island that we've got some clowns that shouldn't be teaching... Man, that's not even true anymore. No, right? that, like, that is definitely not there's true. There are some guys that should not be wearing black belts, mm -hmm. but yeah. I got a question for yeah. you because you have a, a policy at your school where white belts aren't allowed to teach, yeah. right? Like, like I don't mean teach class. I mean, yeah. like, literally, if you're a white belt talking to another white belt on the mat about something that you learned, you discourage that. Yeah. So I'm sort of mixed with this. Obviously, I think that some people, obviously, when you're at the white belt, you're not qualified to teach, but also I feel that certain pe it helps people uh it invokes passions inside people and maybe if somebody finds that they're you know that they're sharing things that they uh that help somebody else out i'm you know i don't think any white belts are pretending well maybe some are pretending that they know more than they do but some of them might just be like oh well you know rob showed me this last week to another white belt hey oh that little tip maybe helped me and uh, maybe they realize hey like this is something that i actually enjoy i enjoy helping people uh as long as it's not met with like an ego or, a, or or they're not pretending that they know everything. Do so you for, see that as a negative thing? For me, it's a cost-benefit analysis where the, the, the odd time where that will happen is not worth the 20 times where they will relay horribly wrong information. Disinformation? Not disinformation. It's just like as a white, like as a beginner at anything... Yeah. It's not just that you don't know. It's that you don't know what you don't know. So mm, you should be like, true. like, you know, I've, I've left, uh, again, I'm not going to mention names. Like I had to leave someone behind to teach cause I had to go do a seminar, yeah. or do something. And then I come back and they're like, people are doing this move. I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, well, he said to do that. I'm like, that's literally the opposite of what you should do, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And, and this isn't white belts, right? Mm -hmm. So if, for me, if you're going to convey information, it's just not worth the hassle of like, how do mm. I parse? Okay, that white belt, he's actually pretty swift and he maybe remembered 80% of the move. And he did it's like, it's better to just be like, no. Yeah. You are huh. not gonna, like, if, if you have a question about the technique, don't the two of you sit down and try to figure it out. I'm right there. There's literally a black belt 10 feet away. Just ask me. There, I, 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 it's not just that I discourage it. I actively like, it's a rule. It's, it's basically a rule. Huh. Like you, yeah. as a white belt, don't teach anything. You Interesting. Know? Even if it's posture structure based. <laughs> well, if you can tell <laughs> them do it wrong, if you, if you can tell them that it exists, yeah. but like, that's it. Yeah. Just like, Hey man, posture structure. -based. And usually it's not posture structure based. Usually it's a white belt. Usually it's a, a technique. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. showing you know, a technique. Like we, we've got a guy at our gym now. Bless his heart. Like lo <laughs> his lovely heart. kid. Uh, but man, he's the like, Every Absol gym has one. Let's just say that. Absolute, <laughs> like, stereotypical example of the white belt know-it-all. Oh, he's, he's watched the, some he's YouTube. He's the that won't work guy. He, no, no, it. no. It's not that that won't work guy. It's the I think what I'm doing works. Ah. Uh, it's the I watched how to do a triangle on YouTube, yeah. and now I'm rolling with a guy, and I've got him in a triangle, and it's not doing anything. And he's like, yo, dude, you know you're in a triangle, bro. And the guy's like... Cool. So hold, so hold on. You can you can like, you can say that, and that's all you have to do to escape. <laughs> well, that's what he thinks, right? Like, so it, yeah, like the the level of 
just like horrible information that can be conveyed by somebody with huh. the best of intentions who's yeah. genuinely passionate yeah. about sharing like that's literally the problem with fucking Ari I don't doubt that the guy loves jujitsu yeah. and wants to share it he just shouldn't because he's yeah. atrocious at it it's like you said it's not what you don't know it's what you don't know you don't, you don't know, know. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a really good way to put it because I think Steve, we've talked a lot in previous episodes that the the further I go along in jujitsu, the less I know. And it was yeah. the exact same thing. I think it's it's kind of like that when you you kind of reach mastery in any field. Like when I was doing culinary arts for over a decade, you see or the bounds of the universe yeah. and you realize I'm how like, much. I'm there like, is. holy shit! Like there's so much to learn. It's infinite. I I actually realize how much little I know. Yeah, right? that's, that's interesting. I actually, I mean, I, I in terms of like, would I leave a white belt in, in charge of my class? I would definitely say no. But yeah. in terms of them exchanging their knowledge. From my perspective, as long as they are upfront about the limitations of their knowledge, I have no problem with them trying. I think that's part of the learning process. Not in class. To try and fail. Not in class. If well, they like, want to come, if they want to come in on their off time and try to figure shit out and do that, that's fine. Oh not, yeah, not I in class. I definitely we've class, talked about that before. If they're like, "Hey man, I, you know, I like to do this. I don't give a shit what you like to do." <laughs> we, white we've belt. talked you don't about know what you're doing. What about white belts rolling with each other? Well, yeah, uh, they, yeah, yeah, they have totally to do that. fine. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how you get. That's how you get good. Yeah. Is figuring out what works on the fly, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's not you, from a white belt who doesn't even have the slightest clue of where their hands are supposed to go, yeah. telling another white belt where he thinks his hands are supposed to go. Mm -hmm. the, no, forget it. Like they sh they just shouldn't be in any authoritative in any authoritative way saying, "Hey, do it like." Hey, Rob said to do it like this. No, yeah. he didn't. Because I'll come. Because I've heard that. Like I'll hear, <laughs> here comes the corner like a, a like, dog. Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I hear somebody saying that I said to do something. Yeah, right? yeah. And and he's me. Me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. That is specifically not yeah. what I said. Rob, I Rob said will be this. sitting at home on the couch all of a sudden. He'll get up. And be like, <laughs> yeah, I have to go. I have to go to the gym right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so like it's it's the it's that broken telephone thing. It's like you're getting a yeah, fax yeah. of a fax of a fax of a fax. Yeah. And they just don't have the ability for the most part to convey the information accurately. I think that there is an art to convey like the. The realistic thing is if people never talked about the stuff they don't understand, we would never be talking at all. Yeah. I think that there is an art to conveying information and a big part of it is caveating that information with the extent of your knowledge. Yeah. Like it is, I am okay with people telling me whatever they think is right. As long as they can couch that and explain like to, for context, here's how much I actually know. The problem is in the real world today, people don't do that anymore. But, but here's the thing at our gym. There's myself and there are three other black belt instructors. There are two other black belts that regularly train with us. There are brown belts. There are purple mm -hmm. belts. Like, so there's no shortage ask, of... There's yeah. no shortage of people that you can just like tap on the shoulder and ask, why are you getting it from a white belt? There's yeah, yeah, zero yeah. reason for it. it. It serves no purpose. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you've got like a, a stacked deck of experienced people totally. there, yeah. then you should probably take advantage of that resource. I mean, there are schools out there where the, like the, the senior rank is blue just because people don't exist yeah. in the area. Yeah, so like... I mean, you know, I guess I should qualify when I make statements like that is that it's all relative, right? Like yeah. I'm not saying no white belt ever should give anyone advice ever. I'm saying at my gym during yeah. class, take information, white from belts the best don't source. convey information to other white belts. Yeah. There's, there's no point in doing so, that. So basically what you're saying is like, take information from the most, the quote, the, the highest best source, quality you can. source possible. Yeah. 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 Cool. cool. For awesome. when it comes to jujitsu and when it comes to Running almost your, anything. <laughs> well, almost anything. And when it comes to running your business, again, just like to reiterate the point, you don't have to sell out. You don't have to have a uniform policy. You don't have to have a sleazy, like cut and paste website with like nonsense karate uniform images and a template and all that kind of stuff that, you know, that is sold to you by some program. You don't have to do any of that. You can be highly, highly successful. Like 
again, I, uh, I'm not going to talk hard numbers, but I know what gyms make mm-hmm. uh, in, in general. And I know what gym instructor and people who own the gym and all that. Like, like I, I know roughly what, what they make. I'm in the, you know, probably the top 1% of income for like gym owners. Uh, and not including the online academy. Uh, well, I mean, because that plays a big that, role, that, right? but even just in terms of like the gym itself for its size, because mm-hmm. obviously like once you start to get into like, okay, I got a 10,000 square foot facility and I do this and I do that. Like, yeah, like it, there's a, there's a really like a high percentage of, uh, like revenue to profit for mm-hmm. my gym that uh, like a lot of gyms are like, are going to have a hard time matching. Uh, so yeah, like I'm not talking about like, Oh, I'm doing okay for, like just some guy like i'm doing okay from like for, for in the field so like if you want advice you know I, you know if you want to reach out to me and uh, talk about numbers we can do it i mm-hmm. really don't want people who don't have to go and buy into this like this mythology that you have to use this used car salesman nonsense to sell jujitsu to people yeah you can have a good product just approach it with integrity i mean for context you know we live in one of the most expensive cities in the world yeah and i know a lot of people who went their own way in jujitsu and they were all terrified that they were going to fail out of the gate because they thought there was no way they were going to be able to make a living off of it and eventually they did right and to your point i I think that in almost any walk of life the best way to go forward is a combination of transparency and quality if you offer a quality product Product and you're fully transparent about what you, what the limitations are, what you do, uh, where you're strong, where you're weak, and you give people the information to make an educated decision. Not only are you going to have a successful business, but you're going to build quality relationships as well, because yeah. that kind of character has ripple effects. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, we, we, if you want to get back onto the topic of talking about economics, like what is money? Money is just trust, right? Money in, in, is just trust that the system is working. Yeah. The only reason money has value is because we all collectively trust in this system that we call the economy. If we lost that faith, everything would fall apart overnight. Yeah. Trust is a commodity. And that is one of the most valuable things that you can establish for yourself as being a trustworthy person. That doesn't mean you have to be the most experienced person in the world or the best competitor, but it does mean that you should always be open and understand that, you know, you, yeah, you have competition. You want to make the best product that you possibly can yeah absolutely exactly and and, and that's uh, I've, I've stood for that since the beginning as far as like wanting to provide people the best jiu-jitsu experience possible the more i learn the more i expand my understanding of what a jiu-jitsu experience is for people mm-hmm. some of it is about the instruction some of it is about the atmosphere some of it is yeah. about the facility etc cetera, etc cetera. like everything that i discover i just try to fulfill that to the, the like the highest standard possible i encourage all of my students all of my black belts to do the same thing i encourage anyone in the computer in the community to follow that and I and I, anyone I, in the computer as well in the computer yeah in anyone in the community to to follow that I I promise you like again we we're gonna I think we mentioned this before the podcast started it's like everyone you know that started a jujitsu school has succeeded yeah like literally we're in the, one of the most expensive cities in the world and yeah. I. I know a lot of people. I mean, I, I was part of, of a group where everyone just fractured and went off and created their own gym. And yeah. literally every single one of them is succeeding at this point in time. Not a single one of them failed. So it is doable. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll say that like coming from a culinary background where uh, having like your own business is kind of a daunting task and so many bi- food operations go out of business. Yeah. And a big reason is because of the cost that it takes to keep a business running. Not only do you have like all the overhead and utilities and things like that, you have thousands of dollars of perishable food coming 
in and out of the door. You have to cover staff, linen, all the all these inventory pro- products. Uh, it's it's like a revolving door for thousands of dollars. And then people on top of it don't want to spend a shitload of money to eat good food. So that you'll never really get that amount of money back that you, with the work that you put into it. But I will say like having a gym, uh, starting a gym from the ground up, it's like once you get your mats and you found your space and you get everything set up, the, the cost is pretty low. Yeah. And and what you're giving people is knowledge. So I, I feel like the business model is actually kind of built for success as long as you're legit and you operate ethically. Yeah, yeah. this is something I, mean? I didn't understand about jujitsu is, I mean, my background is software and jujitsu and software as businesses are not that different. Like the thing that makes software valuable as a business is that you are basically providing effectively knowledge, right? Any, yeah. any software program is basically knowledge that you're putting, transmitting through a computer. Um, and that knowledge economy is what allows these companies to be so profitable. Jiu-jitsu is a knowledge industry. It is, yeah. that is effectively what it is, right? You are, you are a knowledge worker in the same way that a software engineer is. It's just that instead of writing code, you arm bar people. <laughs> you know, okay, so, and you have to stay current with yeah, the technology. Yes. This, okay, out. this is true and it isn't because if it's, if it's just that, well, it's honest, a metaphor, right? Well, yeah, no, it's, a, but honestly, there are a lot of fairly successful jujitsu schools that are selling you knowledge from the 1990s. There are a so, lot of very successful software companies doing the same too. I've worked for them. Okay, man. there you go. So yeah. I, that's, that's something I didn't know. And but I like, feel probably about as strongly as them as you feel about Ari. Like it, it is a real problem. Well, but I'm industry. not even talking about Ari. I'm, I'm talking about there are there are schools that are successful. Name them. No, no, no. <laughs> Might yeah, as well at this point. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about guys who are still like frauds or, or shouldn't be Just teaching. outdated knowledge. Just outdated yeah. knowledge. Yeah. And they're very successful. And not only that, th- there's an argument to be made that the majority of people that come to you for martial arts training aren't coming to you for martial arts training they're coming to you for a sense of community yeah because, like there's so many other things there's so many other factors to success yeah. that you you can be a guy who frankly again is just behind the times not current with the knowledge and still be very successful i don't think that's as critical in jujitsu as it maybe should mm-hmm. be but that doesn't change the fact that if you offer a product with integrity and, yep. uh, and just one other thing I do kind of want to mention is, uh, you know, just as far as my own school, the, you know, we're talking about like overhead and we're talking about like different businesses, you know, you talk about how the rate of failure with restaurants. It's immense. It's like, yeah. you know, one out of in the eighties or nineties. Yeah. Succeed, no, it's right? crazy. Um, and th- there, uh, there are multiple ways to succeed. Yeah, I think it's much easier with a, with a jujitsu business. One thing that's, I think harder to do and that I, I want to offer people advice on is a lot of people, when they open their gym, there's a significant investment, uh, and it, it takes years to pay it off. So like people mm-hmm. open a small business and they invest a lot in, and, and yes, they still succeed. One thing I can say that I, I think very few gyms can say is that my gym was profitable in the first month. That's awesome. Most most places it's, I know took like three years. Yeah, my gym was profitable in its first month. Every bit of growth that we've done has come out of profit. I've not had to take any small business loans. None of that kind of stuff. Uh, like all the growth has been organic. The there, there hasn't been any point where... And like the only setback that we had was a fire that destroyed our location where we had to get uh, like replace it mm-hmm. really quickly and all that kind of stuff. So like the setbacks have been external kind of like tragic circumstances in terms of like business and growth. It's very much been like a, a linear graph upwards. Uh, and that's not, be, I'm not trying to say that I'm any kind of like genius about it. I've just taken a lot of good advice uh, and I can give people 
Again, if you want to reach out to me, if you're struggling with this like identity question of selling out and making money, anybody that wants to reach out to me, I can give you like so much advice. Even if you don't want to subscribe to my uh, online academy, which will cost you 30 bucks to, to get all this information, like just reach out and I want to share the information with you and show you how I built it up from like, you know, I did not have to sink any money into it beyond the initial capital investment of 500 bucks for a website until we had a fire that destroyed our location and I put my life savings into buying a building, right? Mm-hmm. But so like, yes, other than that, like that we had to do. But other than mm-hmm. that, every bit of growth that we've had has come from profit. Uh, and again, every step of the way, I've tried to conduct myself with integrity. Uh, I've, I pay my instructors, all that kind of stuff. So like, I, I just really want to make that clear that as far as like, the, the ratio of like how much of my revenue is profit, how much of like how much I personally make from the gym relative to the size of my gym, et cetera, et cetera. I promise I can give you excellent advice and I don't want you to go down this road of, you know, selling out and, uh, you know, sucking the devil's dick as Matt likes to say, <laughs> just to be successful. <laughs> I don't think Matt actually likes to say that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, good question. If people do want to contact you, how do they do it? Uh, Island top team on Instagram. Uh, if you want to send me a direct message or uh, nudes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least eight inches though. If you're going to send me one, <laughs> uh, get out of here with that weak sauce, um, uncut preferably. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I, I don't know that I want to put my personal email out there, but no, like, no, if you, uh, um, islandtoptteam.com is my website. If you email me through that, my manager will pass that on to me. Uh, and, uh, and we can definitely start a conversation. I'm pretty accessible. Like, yeah. yeah, like you could get a hold of me. Uh, like again, we, we didn't really get into like the whole thing of, of like hiring a manager and, and, and what sort of impact that can have. But I recently hired a manager. So there's like a little bit of a buffer between me and anybody in the world that wants to reach out to me, but, uh, it's not much of one. So if anybody wants to get a hold of me, uh, and talk about this and, and, you know, let me help you out, then please do. Awesome. Awesome. And in terms of other plugs, I mean, we've talked about the Academy, BJJconcepts.net. We talked about this on the prior episode as well. Yep. Um, I think it's like, if you want to learn more about specifically what we're talking about here, that's a great place to start. Yeah. Sure. Check that out for sure. Yeah. Got yeah. it. And of course the Stefan casting apps as well. If you yep. grab the grapple arts master app, you can get all of, uh, all of your instructions. All of my stuff, as except well. for the submission formula. I don't think that's on there yet. It's not on there yet. I've been no. waiting. Stefan's killing me because he yeah. just announced his black Friday deal and that one's not on there yet. Yeah, I know. But like, and, and that's just, just to clarify, that's for like jujitsu instructionals you're not going to get any business advice from those if you want the business advice reach out to me get the pedagogy membership the instructors membership island top or not island um, bjjconcepts.net and like check that stuff out and again like if if you don't want to do that reach out to me i'm happy to help awesome awesome matt rob any other closing thoughts yeah, I had some questions for Rob. Do you want to do it? Light, lightning round? Go for it. Or is it the hot seat? Hey, you're the one who's got to teach class tonight, so if you have <laughs> time, go for it. All right, so these are meant to be quick, uh, either yes or no answers or just, you know, one-word answers. Oh, okay. Geez. All right. I'm not good at one-word yeah, answers. Yeah, Rob, I, I you, you brought the wrong guy for <laughs> do this. Do your best, okay? All right. Okay, favorite food? Lobster. Least favorite. And steak and sushi. Oh, God. <laughs> this guy just can't deal with this. Pick one. <laughs> Yeah, steak and lobster surf and turf let's call it that is that is that one sure okay. sure All least right. favorite food tofu that's fair favorite movie that's too difficult favorite show Be- sorry best show of all time best show of all time no too like i can't narrow things down like okay, that, that okay. doesn't that, that doesn't work with my brain i okay. it's, it, you'd have to give me a, like a genre and stuff like that but uh, okay yeah simpsons or seinfeld 
Oh, geez. Um, as a totality, Seinfeld, because there isn't 20 seasons of garbage. Yeah, Seinfeld. <laughs> exactly. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. All right. Gi or no gi? Oh, come Can't. on. Can't. Uh, training? No, uh, no, your favorite. I don't have one. It, it's just, it's all grappling to me. I, I mostly roll no, no gi just because of my, my tendonitis in my hands. Favorite grappler? I mean, I gotta say Kyotera. <laughs> <laughs> favorite submission? Rear naked choke. Favorite position in BJJ, not sex. <laughs> uh, the back. With body triangle? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just the back in general. Okay. Uh, best grappler in the gi right now? Current. Current? Mm, honestly, I'd say probably Mikey Musumeci. Definitely best pound for pound. I think we yeah. can pretty much agree on that. What about best no-gi grappler? Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to Gordon. Yeah. Cremation or burial? Oh my God. Cremation for sure. Anything else is a huge waste of time and resources. What's your most prized possession? Not really a possession. It's got to be my black belt. Really? Yeah. Really? Huge meaning. Shocked it's not your car. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say too. But I got got too many of them. Yeah, you you can get a new car anytime. Dude, I've I've gone through four cars in a year. Okay. What is your biggest accomplishment to date? or proudest accomplishment this episode of the podcast oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's happening making right now. our episode <laughs> yeah. honestly it, it's it, it, my big it, it won't be any single but it's the black belts that i've created my proudest accomplishment is how you uh rory and cal are going to be able to impact and and samir out in um uh, in Ontario, uh, how my black belts are going to uh, impact the jujitsu community by Fuck, far. Now I'm going to cry. Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. As a gym owner, what is the single best or most valuable marketing tool? Your students. Word of mouth, you mean? Or referrals? Well, your students. That would be my answer. Well, your students, because word of mouth is going to come from them, but also the quality of your students is going to create your reputation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's, it's across any number of levels. Uh, yeah, it's your students. Okay. Um, uh, who has inspired you as a grappler most in your journey? Hmm. Well, uh, probably Ryan Hall and, and Eddie Cummings, uh, guys who really use their brain, uh, guys who aren't using any overwhelming, uh, like physical gift. Mm-hmm. So like those are the two examples that popped to mind. But if I had to say it'd be anybody that really, you know, Damian Maya would be another example of like, like not an athlete, not a like fast, like what like definitely not an athlete on any level just uses his brain to beat people. To, to me, that's what you just have is. you ever trained with Damian Maya? No. And that's like, well, you know, if I have a bucket list, I've, I've, I've checked off almost every one. Mm-hmm. That's one that I haven't. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Do you believe in God? No. Aliens? No. Ghosts? No. Afterlife? What is the best BJJ school right now in the world? I think that depends for who. Gi? Gi, probably Atos. No Gi? Probably Danaher's. What is the best grappling rule set? The term best is the one that I used, or the word best. Honestly, Naga. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Naga, no Gi rules are the best. Yeah. Do you think that heel hook should be allowed in the Gi? Yes. So IBJJF should allow heel hooks. Absolutely. What changes would you make to the IBJJF submission like levels or point systems? If you would make any changes, for example, would you make 
uh, knee bars allowed at purple belt? Would you let heel hooks be allowed at brown belt, black belt? Where would you, where would the hierarchy be if, if, if you ran IBJJ? At, at black belt, everything would be legal. All submissions. Yeah. Uh, in the gi and in no gi. Um, I would, it wouldn't differentiate gi or no gi. No. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make any differentiation between the two. All submissions would be legal at black belt. All submissions would be legal at brown belt. Um, and then I'd probably have some kind of gradient as far as neck cranks and, uh, twisting, uh, joint locks, uh, around purple belt. Uh, I would change the rules where if you, for instance, reversed someone into side control, you would get points for that. Because you've ah, got yourself a dominant position. We not just get on top, but you have to have side control when you. Yeah, yeah. Like if just reversing someone to me is not shouldn't be worth anything. So if you if you oompa swim them, that's nothing. That's nothing because you didn't really gain like. No, but if you're into a dominant position, but yeah, if you're yeah. in bottom side and you reverse them you end into up bottom top side, side, I would probably give people points for that. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess I, what I would say is give people points for getting to side control because right now we only give points for passing the guard. I would say give points for getting to if it's a dominant position. And yeah. you want to earn it. However, I got to side control. I got to side control. I would also change the rules for points on the back. Any, I was just any control should next. be any back mm. control should be you know uh, body, body triangle, triangle ankles, ankles crossed. And if you didn't get the second hook, that to me should still be worth something. Maybe not four points, but it should be worth two or three. What about crucifix? Like seatbelt. Should yeah, crucifix I would, be a, yeah, a I point also, position? I would also give points for strong leg entanglements. I would give points for four eleven. Oh yeah, you'd give yeah. points for four eleven. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Anything else? Steve? That's it for me. All we right. already plugged your stuff. Let's plug ours. Yeah, you okay. go ahead. Awesome. So if um, you want to learn more about internet frauds and grapplers that we don't like, you can <laughs> <laughs> you go to bjjmentalmodels.com. Actually, there we've got a lot more supplementary information to what we talk about here. You can support us by going to the store, bjjmentalmodels.com slash store. You can get on our mailing list, bjjmentalmodels.com slash join. And you can also follow us. We're active on Facebook and on Instagram. Pretty easy to find. Channel name is just bjj mental models and that's where you can also send hate mail which we will be receiving yeah i, yeah, I, I was I just gonna this. say i had a conversation with rory about a week ago i'm looking like, forward man we've almost made it through 2019 without any controversy yeah. <laughs> so much for that. Yeah. I, I am looking for, you know, we've actually been running a, we've kind of gone through most of the mailbox. So I'm actually looking forward to getting a whole bunch of hate mail and angry letters. Those are the best. All right. And last question. Did you have fun? Blast. I will come back anytime that you guys have the time and I have the time. Awesome. It was a real pleasure, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. All right. Let's go train.